Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to The Sports Fix. Portions of The Sports Fix brought to you by Harry Buffalo. Harry Buffalo, join the herd. Sports Fix listeners don't wait all day or all week to get in on the fun. The party doesn't stop when we go off the air all week long. The Sports Fix social media sites are your one-stop shop for all things Cleveland sports. Jump over to Facebook.com slash The Sports Fix. Facebook.com slash The Sports Fix and become a fan today because we love fans and they create some of the best sports talk in town, Daddy. You'll enjoy talking to your fellow Cleveland sports fans on The Sports Fix fan page. And if Twitter's your thing, well, you know how we do it. Tweet with us at the Sports Fix CLE. It's that simple. Twitter.com slash the Sports Fix CLE, baby. Chat live with the crew during all your favorite Cleveland sports events, tickets and contests and trivia and so much more. Get with us today, the Sports Fix on social media. Facebook.com slash the Sports Fix. Tweet with us at the Sports Fix CLE. Join, Join the, the Sports, sports Fix, Fix on Facebook and Twitter today. Hi, I'm Hector Marinero. You're listening to the Sports Fix. Live in Ohio, it's time to get your fix. The Sports Fix. Welcome in, everybody. We are live on when, wait, wait, when... When's, what day is it? What day is it, baby? It is hump day. We are live. It is Wednesday, midweek, baby. Time to bust through it. Welcome into the Sports Fix. I'm your host, the Big Daddy on the microphone. That's what they call me most days anyway. Call me J-Rock, Jerry Myers, whatever you want to call me. Just call me happy to be here, baby. We are rocking and rolling. Another another loaded episode of the Sports Fix coming your way. We've got... Uh, Man, some baseball stuff to talk about, some basketball stuff to talk about. Am I forgetting something? It's a brown, some football stuff to talk about today. Yeah, we will indeed be diving into it with the Cleveland Browns and a lot of teams. Hey, there's some some newly minted rich individuals after last night around the football league as the NFL free agency kicked off. They crashed Twitter, by the way, before that thing even got off. But NFL free agency, Browns dive in with both feet forward. We're going to talk about that. They're not done either. There's a lot of things going on. Ben Tate snowed in Berea right now being uh, wooed by the Cleveland Browns to come and fix that running game there. We're going to talk about all of that. I want your phone calls, your take on the Browns. They traded out linebackers. They traded out 
some safeties. Let's let's talk about all of that going on and outside. Well, you got nothing better to do. Tell your friends to come on in and warm up here because Polar Vortex 37 has made its way through this one here. Kind of like that, uh, I don't know, they say global warming. I don't know if that's a myth or not, but it was raining all night, and then all of a sudden it decided to become snow, and now the snow and the rain are mixed together in northeast Ohio. Some very dangerous uh, driving conditions currently and coming in the next few hours here. Kind of crazy how it just, it, I mean, we knew it was coming, but I mean, it was literally raining all night and then just transitioned right into snow and creates that really, uh, that ugly, slippery, dangerous atmosphere out there. So everybody be safe, buckle down and listen to the Sports Fix. Welcome in, you guys, no matter where you're listening to the show. If you're listening on the sportsfix.net, hello to all of you on TuneIn and the TuneIn radio app worldwide on Spreaker and Mixler. Hello to my chat room posse. Shout out to you guys on Mixler there. And, of course, everybody listening on Digital Delay 24 hours a day on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, all of you guys, welcome into the show. And we want to talk to you, as I said, about everything. We've got a big show. Al Chimichella from the Diatribe and the Cleveland Fan. Al's going to be with us here today. We've got a lot to talk about. Indians began splitting apart camp. We knew those decisions were coming here as they were getting ready to start separating the minor league camp and start minor league camp separate from major league camp. We'll talk about some of those reassignments there on the roster and the latest man <laughs> i know it's spring justin masterson he's trying to get an extension and he wishes the season started already justin masterson's like you know what i'm just gonna throw i'm gonna throw an o for the spring man let's see if they can turn my contract down now i'm throwing spring no hitters man no, i was you know spring training is what it is but good to see and of course named the starter officially for opening day, Justin Masterson. We're going to talk to Al Chimichella about that. We'll talk to Dan Wismar about Indians as well, about the Browns and their moves. Buckeyes, as tomorrow they get ready to begin. It's been a while since the Bucks have played a first-round Big Ten tournament game. Is of course, the, the top four seeds in the Big Ten tourney get buys into the second round. But uh, we're going to talk to Dan Wismar from the Cleveland Fan about all of that. And you, most importantly, I'm cracking the phone lines right off the bat. I want your take. Did the Browns upgrade in the moves that they made yesterday? Did the Browns tread water? Did they just replace guys with other guys? What do you think? Where are you feeling? And where do you want them to go next? 216-539-7535 is the number to call. 216-539-7535. Pick up your phone. Give me a call. 216-539-7535. If you can't call, if you're at work like many of you are at this time live during the show, Hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash the sports fix, or just search the sports fix on Facebook. You'll find us. Boom. We'll pop right there on your screen. Leave us a comment. We'll read those on the air. Whether you comment on the page, whether you send us a direct message, it doesn't matter. We'll get those and talk about your takes on the air. Twitter. If that's what you do, then do it with us. Tweet with us at the sports fix CLE. We'll read your tweets live on the air here as well. Email us the sports fix at AOL.com. Get that conversation going. We've got Dequel Jackson out, TJ Ward out, Carlos Dansby in, Dante Whitner in, coming back home. And he had some interesting things to say. What are your thoughts on the latest moves, the first moves here in free agency that this regime has begun to make? 216. 539-7535 is the number to call. 
539-7535. And I'm going to start right there with, for those of you that live under a rock and perhaps didn't hear the first moves that the Cleveland Browns made, and they were very quick to be aggressive and make some moves early on in free agency. I know yesterday and Monday we had talked. We talked with John McMullen. We talked with Dr. Football. And everybody kind of had the feeling that with the exception of you know, maybe one splash that the Browns would really be looking to make their their hay here in the second wave of free agency because one of the things that a lot of people know, and this isn't a tried and true every situation applicable, but it is more times than not true that those who jump into that first wave of free agency, I mean, clearly you overpay, but we've talked about that. Overpaying happens in Cleveland anyway. It's one of the reasons that, you know, 5.5 5.5 million gets a safety signed in Denver where you've got in Denver. TJ Ward goes to Denver. He's not the only one. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute because Denver's making some moves, not only trying to catch up on Seattle and fix what happened last year, but they're, they're making some moves that are going to affect the Cleveland Browns here in a minute. And I'm going to talk about that more when it comes to Joe Hayden and the Akeem Tlaib deal that they just made Whew. skyrocketing values on players. That is absolutely for sure. Uh, but you know, looking at looking at the moves that the Browns made here initially in free agency as they jump right away. First, Carlos Dansby was the first one to come down as officially having signed. We heard about it early yesterday. We had begun to talk about it a little bit on yesterday's show. Uh, he comes in was at four years, twenty four million, basically six million dollar a year average. Thirty three years old. He's a couple of years older than Dequell Jackson, but you know, I, I mean, really, to me, I think that. I think that he's a little bit better in coverage than Dequell Jackson. I really like Dequell, and I really didn't want to see him go. And I'm not going to get too much into the, what you know, did you upgrade over Dequell Jackson? Because I think that that's just looking in hindsight and trying to say. But I do think that Carlos Dansby is a very good player if you get the Carlos Dansby from the Cardinals because the Carlos Dansby that went over to the Dolphins the first time he cashed in in free agency he let go. He let himself go a little bit. He he said he put on some weight. He, he had some some issues. Getting it wasn't what was paid for. So hopefully he learned from that mistake because he went back to the Cardinals, got himself back on track. He's aggressive. He's a good coverage linebacker. There's a lot of good things about Carlos Dansby. He's very aggressive. I do like uh, some of the things that they can do with him there. So and I I'll be honest with you, I don't expect him to. It's, he's 33 years old. You don't expect him to see the third and fourth years of that contract, to be totally honest. He'll see the first two years, the guaranteed portion of that, and, and perhaps a third year, perhaps, if they renegotiate him. I, I doubt highly that he'll live out. Most guys don't live out the entire uh, contract there. And then, of course, Dante Wintner, he came a little bit later in the afternoon. Word started to come out that the Browns had set their sights on him to replace T.J. Ward at safety. He came in, I'll tell you what, Four years, $28 million, a $7 million a year price tag. Now, he is only, he's a year older than TJ Ward. So you didn't, you did not get appreciably older there. And I'll tell you pretty much, I think part of the difference in the contracts, because TJ Ward uh, officially signed yesterday, for those of you that didn't hear, with the Denver Broncos, uh, $5.5 million average a year. I believe it was, I believe it was four years, $23 million with. 10 or 12 million of that guaranteed up front. That's what TJ Ward ended up signing with, with the Broncos. And of course, part of that is you take less money because the Broncos are loading up. As we've seen, you get Ward, you add to to that backfield. Now, 
they're talking about adding to Marcus Ware to that team as well, too. I mean, the Broncos are loading for Bear here this offseason, absolutely. But So Ward heads over there. He gets $5.5 million a year to go. But I think part of the difference is that, you know, not now. And I'm not going to say I don't know how appreciable the difference is, but definitely Whitner a little bit better in coverage as T.J. Ward known more as a run stopper. Whitner definitely a big hitter. He's legally, he talked about applying to legally change his name to Dante Hittner uh, in reference to the NFL and the way they find him. But uh, the thing is, is that, you know, he's he's very aggressive. Now, occasionally, that can backfire on you. He's given up the big play from time to time when he's been overly aggressive and gone for the big hit. Now, but here's where, and I think, look at the big picture, is I think the Browns are looking to tie this thing all together with the trade that we were talking a bit about yesterday. And it's still there, although it appears the Browns have been working hard overnight on this Darrell Revis trade we talked about yesterday because that changes the equation. I think I think if the Browns are able to pair Revis and Hayden up in the backfield and then you've got Whitner and Tayshawn Gibson, and I'll tell you what, you know, don't sleep on Tayshawn Gibson, especially if you put that kind of an experienced backfield around him to teach him and, and help him grow. He, I was looking yesterday at his some some of his stats from last season and how much uh, they compare appreciably to what Jarius Bird did. And and you know, so I, I just what I mean is I think that I think that he can fill that gap. But I think the key is the Revis thing. And what I heard is the last I heard is that you know it's that cap number. He's a sixteen million dollar cap hit. He's got uh, thirteen million in base salary. Revis does, and then there's a $1.5 million roster bonus and another $1.5 million workout bonus, which brings the total cap number to like 16 million. And the Browns were, they were willing to go 12. I heard even maybe 13 million on that, but they can't get it. They, they cannot wiggle out of that last couple of million there. So they may not be able to work out a trade, but that doesn't prohibit him from coming to the Browns. I just really, it behooved the Browns to be able to work out a trade because they, they guarantee that he comes here once Revis hits the free market. I mean, I'm not saying that you can't get him to come here, but now he's a free agent. He's able to negotiate. Other teams come into play. Uh, I really thought that the Browns had enough cap room that if they needed to, they could eat the first year of that salary. And in the meantime, hope to create an atmosphere that would convince him, hey, something's going on here. I'm going to rework this contract and, and we'll see what we could do in year two or whatever. But I don't know that that happens so much when he hits the free market, but I still think that if he does, because the decision has to be made today, Tampa Bay has already set their deadline internally. They were looking for yesterday at 4 p.m. Once they had the Raiders and the Browns on the hook with the trade, they kind of carried it through overnight. They were trying to pry the four, the five picks from the Browns and the Raiders there, and they weren't able to get anything done. Raiders pulled out this morning. They were officially done. Browns still talking, but it looks like it's on life support as far as the trade aspect of it. So then then Tampa Bay has to decide if we can't trade him, we've got to cut him loose. They cut him loose. I do expect the Browns, obviously, to be the first team knocking at the door in free agency for the simple fact that you've already got a baseline of conversation going there. Because I'll tell you, you know, and I get it that a lot of these guys, you know, guys, you can't look at their name value. You can't just look at their, their price value on the tickets. But I, I do think, man, the combination of Revis and Hayden back there in the backfield. I mean, that would be, I mean, 
at least for I'll tell you, if you are looking at name value, I mean that takes you all the way back to Minifield and Dixon level name value. Now, do they perform at that level? Man, it's scary to think if they perform seventy five percent of what Revis was, and if if Hayden continues to play it, man, that's uh, that's scary to think what the two of them combined with Whitner, combined with Gibson, that four man defensive backfield could be very good. And then you add a faster, aggressive linebacker like. You've got Dansby there. You've got Mingo, who's going to play faster in his second season. It's naturally that way. You know, add them into the mix there. You know, we've heard about Moats coming over from Buffalo. There, And speaking of, by the way, a third free agent as well that the Browns have brought in the fold. Well, I'll get to that in a second. But, you know, Moats, he's a guy a lot of people haven't heard of from Buffalo. A lot of the uh, – we're seeing now the Buffalo guys – uh, begin not all of them obviously you can't transplant the whole franchise but we're seeing uh, Coach Petten handpick cherry pick a couple of the guys that he wants to come over here and help and every coach does that we've seen it you know when Mangini came here he brought some Jets with him I mean you know that, that's how it goes because they they help get your locker room understanding the system that you like to run and the way that you like to do things so. You know, but as they continue to add there defensively, and then you look at the front, Des Bryant just got the full clean bill of health to come back this season. You know, I just think that the pieces they've put together and defense, it's easier to retool defenses through free agency than offenses. I think we know that offense is a little bit trickier. A lot of times the key on offense is to develop them young, draft them and let them grow and develop together and mix in a, a key veteran or two here. You could take the base in free agency of this defense and you could, you can plug in a few uh, different bits. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pieces. I do think that this, this right here, to me, I think they've upgraded from what they had. I do. I definitely think there's an upgrade here. Now you lose two leaders of the team, and that's the part where the intangible comes in. But at the same time, sometimes... Sometimes you need a breath of fresh air. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy that completely, but you look at you know, sometimes you just need to hear the message from a different person. And it's good for those guys too. Dequell Jackson. He's gonna be well paid. He's gonna go a breath of fresh air. He went eight seasons. He gave Cleveland his all. Now he's gonna go make a run for the Colts. TJ Ward, same thing. Now he's gonna go be reunited with uh, Mike Adams there in Denver, and he's going to get a chance to go make a run at a Super Bowl there. So, you know, both of these guys that come in, they add some aggression to the defense. They still have to go out there and do it on the field, and they have to gel into a defense. But this actually seems like the pieces 
of the type of defense that Ray Horton was supposed to be trying to install last year that we never really got to see the full gist of there. And then, you know, they're not done, by the way. Speaking of the the former uh, players of Mike Pettin coming in here, the Browns also made a, made a couple of signings here. They attempted to sign, but it looks like it's not going to come through. Andrew Hawkins of the Bengals, wide receiver, uh, young wide receiver there. He, was, he wasn't given a draft pick tender by the Bengals, so if the Browns were to sign him, they wouldn't have to compensate the Bengals with a draft pick. He was a restricted free agent. And you know what? The Browns really don't dive into restricted free agency very much. Just being realistic about that. They don't really touch, a lot of teams don't touch that, but this one seemed an offer uh, worth the risk there. They made a four-year offer to Andrew Hawkins, but it's been reported. And you know what? As soon as I heard it, to be honest with you, I expected the next words to come out to be, don't even think about it because Cincinnati plans on matching that. And I, I feel the same way. I think that Cincinnati's going to match that. So I don't think that Hawkins' future is going to be here with the Browns. He'd be a nice young piece there at wide receiver, but I don't see uh, I don't see that happening. Uh, I see the Bengals matching that contract. So uh, there's the possibility. There is the possibility that he ends up coming here, but I would say they've got five days to match it. I don't think they even wait uh, the entire five days there to do that. And then Isaiah Trafant. This is where I was going earlier when I mentioned uh, the connection to Coach Pettin, getting a few of those guys that he's used to. Isaiah Trufant, a cornerback that worked with Coach Pettin on the New York Jets, he's come in as well, uh, signed a contract with the Browns here late last night. It's come out this morning. He's much more of a uh, a backup DB, more of a special teams guy, somebody uh, Coach Pettin obviously trusts. And, and again, that's bringing those guys. You don't replace, you know, you don't bring in 12 guys from your former team, but you bring in three or four that you know can go out there and help you put your system in, and that's what true font is. But they're far from done. we got to take a break, but let's just continue this back on the other side of the break, and I want to hear from you, 216-539-7535, 216-539-7535. Give me a call. Do you think that the Browns upgraded on these moves here? And then tie that into what's going on today. Right now, the polar vortex may be working in the Browns' favor because Ben Tate comes to Cleveland supposed to go to Detroit from Cleveland. Instead, the weather's got him stuck here a little bit longer. Maybe the Browns uh, don't let him leave town without a contract. We'll talk about that. There's a lot of other names in play, plus big names around the NFL switching places. And the Denver Broncos, not only did they sign T.J. Ward, not only are they perhaps on the cusp of adding DeMarcus Ware, but man, that contract that they signed Aqib Tlaib to, we talked about Joe Hayden here just a minute ago. The Browns better get to stepping on working something out with him because the value of a of a perceived star cornerback is going through the roof. We're going to talk more about the NFL free agency when we come back. Al Chimichella is coming up just about 15 minutes from now from the diatribe talking Indian spring training. Dan Wismar's on tap today and so much more. Don't go anywhere. We have just begun today's Sports Fix. The Sports Fix, the show that asks the question. We'll be right back. 
Guys, want to take just a second as we head into this break and remind you about the official business printing source of the Sports Fix, our friends at Signs and Ship. Signs and Ship, I'm telling you, Chris and Pam, they've taken care of me since day one, and they can do the same for you. Whether you're a small business that's already been established and you're looking to grow to that next level and expand your business or perhaps you've got an idea that you just know is going to be a great business and you need to figure out how to brand it and how to promote it and put it out there signs and ship is the place for you if you need a logo they can create one for you they have a fantastic graphic designer business cards signs banners yard signs mobile advertising anything you can think of that you need to promote your business they've got it at signs and ship the best thing about them too is each of their locations whether it's the the home base here in Elyria, Ohio, that I work with, or their spots in Virginia, Florida, and Pennsylvania. It's all local sourced. Very important to me because we all understand that small business is the lifeblood of the community. So check them out, signsandship.com, or call Chris and Pam today, 440-323-6060, the home office in Elyria, Ohio. Signs and Ship, quality printing at affordable prices. It's an addiction. The Sports Fix will be right back. Have you gotten your copy of Cleveland's Finest yet? Highlighting the best moments, players, and media members in Cleveland sports history? He won it! Hit a three-pointer on the side! In-depth, personal interviews with some of the top names in Cleveland sports fill the pages of this incredible book. Cleveland's Finest by Vince McKee is this year's must-have book for every Cleveland sports fan. Available now at Amazon.com. Copy today. The Sports Fix is on iHeartRadio. Download the free iHeart app today. Subscribe to the show and get your fix. You love Cleveland, and you already know how much we love Cleveland. You know who else loves Cleveland? GV Art and Design. Everyday fans, you and I wear our pride on our sleeves. Now, you can wear your pride on your chest. GV Art and Design has one of the hottest Cleveland sporting lines. Whether it's their Cleveland that I love design, or perhaps it's the Superman birthplace of a hero line of team-themed designs. Whether you're a fan of the Indians or Browns, the Lake Erie Monsters or the CSU Vikings, the Cleveland Cavaliers, or just Cleveland in general, GV Art design has a logo design or style for you sports fix listeners as a special treat every time you make a purchase from gv art and design use the sales code fix and save 10 percent on your total purchase log on right now to gvartwork.com check out all of their fantastic designs and don't forget use the sales code fix to save 10 percent on your total purchase follow gvartwork.com on facebook and remember gv art and design it's not just a shirt it's a statement Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck, home of the low price tire guarantee. Quicklane.com slash Valley Ford Truck. You're listening to the Sports Fix. Welcome back to the Sports Fix, streaming live here on the sportsfix.net and across all of our digital platforms, live and on delay. Welcome in each and every one of you guys, J-Rock, Jerry Myers, as we keep the show rocking and rolling. Coming up just 10 minutes from now, Tribe fans, sit tight. Al Jimichel is going to join us from the Diet Tribe. But right now, we are talking some Browns football and some NFL in general as free agency is in full swing. And there's still a lot of guys, wave two, day two, uh, still out there. A lot of things 
still to come. There's a lot of big ticket guys on the board. The wide receiver market hasn't really began to develop yet. And I figure once it does, the Browns get involved there. We saw them dip their toe in there. We want to hear from you. 216-539-7535. 216-539-7535. Or hit us up, facebook.com slash the sports fix. Tweet with us at the sports fix CLE. And as I was saying, before we went into the break, you know, Ben Tate right now, he's in Berea. Uh, the Browns trying to negotiate something with him. Uh, you know, if that doesn't fall through or if that does fall through, you know, there's a lot of uh, other possibilities out there. We've seen the Saints interested in shopping a trade here with Darren Sproles. They're looking to work something out. There's a lot of possibilities. And don't forget, you know, the Browns do still have a lot of people. Now, the Browns need a running back. The Browns need a running back. They keep looking past Deion Lewis. And I know that he was a favorite of the previous regime, but I think that Deion Lewis, unless they're just convinced that his injury, you know, broken leg, perhaps, you know, they, they don't see his bounce back being as, as explosive. Maybe they don't think, uh, Maybe they don't think that's realistic. but uh, So I don't think it's a, a definite, must-be, free-agent, uh, determined thing here uh, at running back. Not not saying that I've got a problem with Ben Tate. He had a little bit of injury issues, you know, but tough guy, plays through him. It'll be interesting to see. I don't want to overpay for him, I will say that. And I, and I'll be that relative. The Browns are always going to have to pay a little bit more no matter what. Uh, because of Cleveland, because of the the issues that we've talked about before. But there's a difference between that little bit of premium that you pay for being the Cleveland Browns and overpaying, which is what a lot of teams are doing. And speaking of, I want to go that way real quick a little bit because this is something that affects the Browns' most definitely near and long-term future. Take a look at what they're doing over there in Denver. Denver not playing around here uh, free agency-wise early on. They want to shore up the uh, defensive backfield. They want to put some uh, put some bite into that defense there as they felt obviously we saw how much trouble they had with Seattle there in the Super Bowl and you know they definitely got started they most definitely got started they signed TJ Ward here from Cleveland and of course Tom Heckert the connection there the guy that originally drafted Ward so that was a pretty quick uh, combination for those two to hook up there he came off the board relatively quickly I think it was about six o'clock it's about two hours into free agency when Ward came off the board there you know as I said uh, Dallas is really Least Demarcus Ware and the rumored destination for him is to be Denver, which could be a a big piece added there because he's a guy that obviously you know you wouldn't want to invest in anything long term with him because I do believe that he's in the the back nine I guess but th- that's that's figurative for Demarcus Ware because you still got a a beast of a year or two out of that guy. He could be a hell of a piece to add to that Denver team. And then the other one, which this is where I was going to go with affecting the the Browns in their future, is Akib Tlaib, the deal, humongous deal that he signed to go to the Denver Broncos. $57 million in total, six years, $57 million, of which $26 million guaranteed. I mean, that's a... A hefty, hefty contract there. And again, the the value of a top level or a perceived top level cornerback continues to rise. The Cleveland Browns would be, and I know, trust me, I'm not saying anything here that the Browns don't know. This is not something that they don't know themselves. You need to get to step in and get to step in quickly when it comes to, if you're going to try to extend Joe Hayden, which from all that we hear is big up on the list of priorities, then you need to get to it before another contract comes in and just continues to 
raise that market higher and continue to push the value of that deal even higher. Get something locked up now. Yeah, keep to leave. But how about Denver? They are not playing around. And you know what? Hey, that uh, free agency is a tricky thing because there's no, was it a couple years ago, the Buccaneers loaded up with a couple of uh, decent named veterans on defense and, and, and a couple of pieces there. And, and they had a terrible season. You, you could do that for a lot of teams. I mean, it's finding, it's really finding the right guys with the right fit more than the right name value more than, and this is not for the Browns. It's just across the board. Uh, it's finding the right pieces that fit, you know, it's beyond just the the way the fans look at it is different than the way the teams look at it, you know. So sometimes teams go out here and they go big ticket crazy on the first day and they've got nothing. The New York Jets are a great example as they, by the way, are <laughs> trying to do it again here. They've got Eric Decker in New York. Jets are trying to lure him over there so that somebody else can catch errant passes from Mark Sanchez or whoever ends up being the quarterback. Uh, Geno Smith, whoever it'll end up being there. But uh, the Jets are the perfect example. How many times have we seen them go out there? Remember a couple of years ago when they went on that crazy spending spree and they brought in everybody and their mother, every all-pro player and their Campbell soup mom came over. They all came to the Jets and, uh, uh, well, we see the amount of success that that had. So there's that version of it. Or, you know, there's the teams that don't dive into free agency at all and they go out there and compete and contend every year because they draft right. And there's the teams in the middle. You can, I do believe, that you can definitely fill holes. You can definitely upgrade. And I think the Browns, upgraded relatively in the moves that they made so far, but it looks like they're far from done. And I, you know what? I'm just going to say this, and we, we've got to hit the break here. We've got to move on from this for a little bit and get to some other things. But I will say this. For the Browns fan, I think that the screwing around in the offseason, the firing of the coach, the whole all of this that we've been through for the last couple of months with the Browns this offseason, I think that... I think that while this is not good, what I'm about to say, because the the average franchise cannot run themselves on a on a basis of doing what we want to do now to jump in and compete now and not build for later, because that's how teams get themselves in trouble. But you can definitely feel it. You could just see it in the early moves and the other ones that it looks like they may be attempting to make or, or what they're looking to do here. And I mean, and clearly by the way, for everybody that said they were going to go all offense this off season, no, they're going to go defensive free agency and a little bit of offense. And then they're going to go offense heavy in the draft. But uh, my point being, I got away from it. There is that, you know, that sense of urgency, whether it's, whether it's farmer and Petten knowing that, Hey, the last guys didn't last too long in these offices. So we need to show Jimmy something quickly. This is no three-year rebuild because we can't because we won't be here in three years. Say what you want, but the guys that put the Browns in this position as far as the money to spend and the draft picks to use and all of that, they're not here to enjoy it. So I sense a bit of urgency on that end from those guys. So if you're a Browns fan, that's a good thing. I mean, don't look a gift horse in the mouth because you've got guys who are going, you know what? I'd rather win two extra games this year than plan on what's going to happen three years from now when I don't even know if I'm going to be here. I'll still be getting paid. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But I don't know if I'll still have an office in the building. So, you know, there's there's that aspect to it that from a Browns fan perspective, hey, that's great. You know, as long as you don't mortgage the future to to win now, which is not a concern of mine with what's going on here. They're in a good position to do what they're doing. So I'll tell you what, from that aspect of it, as a Browns fan, you can, you can go, Hey, you know what? This get a little excited about what's coming up. There's a lot of work to do a lot of work to do, but what I'm saying, and I said this a little bit with, with all the clowning around that happened nationally with the, is that embarrassment? Remember what I say back in uh, February when we were talking about it, I said, you know, don't underestimate ego and embarrassment and, the embarrassment that the amount of ego that comes with being a billionaire and owning a football team and the embarrassment that came with being called the three stooges and having to sit there and have, you know, Tony Grossi, you know, throwing tomatoes at you up on the stage. Rightfully so. He went through his paces this winter. That embarrassment will drive you to go out and spend some money to go out and try to win now instead of trying to win later. You've just got to hope that you don't screw it up and lose now and lose later, which is what the Browns have done for a long time. But there is a sense of urgency that hasn't been there for a while. So for Browns fans, that'll make this offseason more fun for you. We'll find out if it's fruitful when they actually start playing games. But hey, you know what? A lot of things going a lot of things could change between now and tomorrow too. The Browns do have a lot of irons in the fire. I mean I've got Six or seven other guys that they're in talks with right now. I would not be surprised if by the end of the week they've added at least one or two decent-sized pieces here in free agency. We'll keep talking about that in a little bit. We're going to hit the break when we come back. We're going to switch gears and go to baseball, going down to Goodyear. Al Chimichella from the Cleveland Fan, he's coming up next. We're talking some Indians baseball live here on the Sports Fix. Don't go anywhere. We've only just begun. Browns fans, hey, I'm telling you. The impatience of the front office will at least give you some fun and uh, some interesting things to look forward to. So we'll see. We'll talk more about that. We're talking Tribe with Al when we come back live here on the Sports Fix. So do it for me, baby. Just do it for me, baby. And now, a very special announcement from the Sports Fix. Black bears weigh between two and 500 pounds. Brown bears weigh between 300 and over 1,000 pounds. Black bears run away from you. Brown bears run at you. When attacked by a bear, simply lie still on the ground and cover your face and head with your hands. When the bear is finished batting you around and mauling you, contact the U.S. Forest Service. And that was a message from the Sports Fix. 
Hey, guys, before we go to the break, I want to talk to you a little bit again about our good friends at Harry Buffalo North Olmsted. Of course, you know, during Brown season, we're there each and every week. What a fun time it was last year. But not just that, so many more reasons for you to check out the Harry Buffalo today. The UFC, the ultimate fighting championships, some of the hottest fights in the world today, each and every one of their huge events Harry Buffalo is one of the few places in Northeast Ohio you can go there and watch each and every UFC fight at the Harry Buffalo. And let me tell you, I've been there. The people are out the door. They are to the rafters. It is one of the craziest environments for some UFC fights. Wing Mondays, they've got great deals on wings and drinks. And every day of the week, there's a different special, a different deal. And don't forget the Bison Burger, the unbelievable. It is the combination of a fantastic burger and eating healthy combined into one unbelievable sandwich you have got to get a bison burger while you're there so whatever you're looking for whatever day of the week monday through friday saturday sundays there's something for you at the harry buffalo north olmstead just outside great northern mall check them out today harry buffalo join the herd hey this is scott Fujita, and you're listening to the sports fix whether it's an oil change or a new set of tires Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck has you covered for your automotive car care needs. They're your neighborhood quick service experts. They also offer a low price tire guarantee. Choose from 13 brands, and if you find the same tires at a lower price within 30 days, Quick Lane at Valley Ford will refund the difference. They're open late Monday through Thursday until 9 p.m. and open early Saturday so you can check it off your to-do list and get on with your day. They also have a newly remodeled service lounge and additional service bay just for Quick Lane oil changes. Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck is located at 5715 Canal Road, right under the 480 Bridge in Valley View, just down the road from Independence. 5715 Canal Road, right under the 480 Bridge in Valley View, just down the road from Independence. Come see why life is better in the Quick Lane. Quicklane.com slash Valley Ford Truck. That's Quicklane.com slash Valley Ford Truck. Sports Fix listeners, do you tweet? So do we. So tweet with us 24-7 at the Sports Fix CLE. Business owners and professionals, do you want to take your business, your product, your team, your event to the next level? You want to advertise right here with the Sports Fix. Our listeners are among the most loyal listeners, terrestrial or internet. The Sports Fix universe is not only the radio show, but tens of thousands of fans on Facebook and Twitter. Email me, Jerry Myers, the Sports Fix at AOL.com. That's the Sports Fix at AOL.com. And let me help you swing for the fences and hit it out of the park right here on the Sports Fix. Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by Signs and Ship, the official printing source of the Sports Fix. Locations in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and Florida. Find out more at signsandship.com. Good morning, I'm Bob Picozzi. They may have won the AFC title last year, but 21 NFL teams allowed fewer points than Denver. The Broncos are determined to do something about it. Seven-time Pro Bowl defensive end DeMarcus Ware, who was released by the Cowboys yesterday in a salary cap move, is visiting the Broncos today. According to ESPN's Adam Schefter, Ware has led the NFL in sacks twice. Notre Dame plays an ACC tournament game for the first time today. The Irish will meet Wake Forest, 1 o'clock Eastern time on ESPN. For the first time in six years, Mount St. Mary's is going to the NCAA tournament. The Mountaineers defeated Robert Mars 88-71 last night in the Northeast Conference Championship game. Coach Jamie and Christian, a guest on the Freddie Coleman Show. It's really hard to beat 
you know, 12 or 13 guys with, with one singular focus who believe in one another over all odds. And so that's what we've been, really been able to do on the road against tough opponents. Um, just really stick together. And then, you know, when we play really good teams, we have a knack of just playing our very best. Mount St. Mary's with a four-game winning streak for the first time all season. ESPN's Jeff Goodman reporting former Charlotte Bobcats coach Mike Dunlap is the frontrunner for the job at Loyola Marymount. Nothing feels as good as a job done right. In sports, that's a clean sweep. When it comes to cleaning up, the pros reach for a quickie job site broom. It gets the job done right the first time so they can get to the good stuff. Get your quickie job site broom at the Home Depot. Now, back to the Sports Fix. Welcome back to the Sports Fix, streaming live here on the SportsFix.net. J-Rock, Jerry Myers with you as we continue on. Hey, we were talking about a little bit of Browns free agency for the first uh, 40 minutes of the show here. Guys, keep your comments coming on. Even though we're going to shift gears here, definitely want to keep hearing from you. Heard from the mayor, Vic Milani, during the break, sent us a message that says, Dansby is a year, or slightly older, but an improvement on Dequel Jackson. Whitner and Ward is pretty much a wash. Ward cover or Whitner covers better. Ward hits harder. Revis would give us a third Pro Bowler in the defensive backfield. We plugged holes that we now don't have to address in the draft. Now it's offense time, and I'll tell you what—that is, uh, I definitely expect. I don't know how much of it'll be in free agency, but I have no doubt that the Browns uh, will attack that side of the ball here. I think the draft is going to be heavily offensive in the way that they and I, now that you can take that both ways because since 1999 the draft has been heavily offensive <laughs> but this draft I think will be heavily offensively based on that side of the ball so we'll see Vic thanks for the comment you guys keep them coming in on Facebook and Twitter and all of that and we will continue to read those comments on the air we're going to go to the baseball diamond though talk with my man Al Jim McKella new addition to the show it's been a great first couple of weeks here with him talking some Indians baseball. And I do believe as soon as I push the magic button, he will be here on the line. Al, how you doing this afternoon? I'm good, Jerry. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing fantastic, man. It's a it's a Wednesday. We're rocking and rolling. We're two weeks or so away from the beginning of the baseball season. I'm feeling good, my brother. How about yourself? I'm good. I mean, it's uh, it's 65 degrees down here in Virginia. I don't know what kind of weather you guys are, are oh. getting back on the North Coast, but it, it feels like spring. I'll tell you that for sure. Well, it felt like spring yesterday. It, it does, no longer feels like spring. Uh, we were talking at the beginning of the show. Last night it was raining, turned into snow this morning, decided to turn into freezing snow. Man, it's, it's some treacherous uh, driving conditions out there. and it, It's amazing. Over the weekend... We had two 50-plus degree days sandwiched within a snowstorm. So, like, literally 50, snowstorm, 50. So it was ridiculous. Uh, That's the way it rolls here. And they say global warming is just a myth. I'm going to tell you, there's some kind of climate change going on out there. I know that much. Yeah, I mean, that's the nice thing about Cleveland. At least if you don't like the weather, you can just wait 10 minutes. That's it. Completely different weather. You literally could in the, over the last few days. If you don't like the weather, just wait until tomorrow. I'm telling you, me and my boy, we're out back playing basketball yesterday. Man, all the snow's melted in the yard, and it's, wow, man, It's maybe we broke through. That, that, those were the famous last words. 
maybe we broke yeah. through because we we did not break through. So, anyways, but so it's cool, man. Good to catch up with you. Another another week here. I've been having some fun doing this. Indians, they're getting down to some business here. Earlier this morning, began the process of splitting off the camps and splitting guys off into the minor league camps. Dude, you know what? You're ahead of me. I didn't even see that. I've been in. Uh meetings for the, the job that pays the bills all day so i haven't had a chance to basically see anything that's been going on today yeah i'm gonna pull i'll pull that list up here in a little bit let's i want to talk a little bit real yeah, quick before we dive they, into they, that I'm, I'm assuming they kept lindor who did they send down hey I'll, I'll get the i'm gonna have the list pulled up here in just a second i wanted to talk to you a little bit how about yeah i'll look at yesterday's game here and uh you know the Indians again. As much as I keep saying, boy, as much as you don't count these uh, spring training games, you really hope that the, some of these results transfer over. Did Justin Masterson look ready to start opening day yesterday, or what? He was uh, he was in a groove for sure. Yeah, and then, I mean, winning is winning. Like, obviously, the the games don't mean anything, but they're still winning the games. It's better than losing the games. You have to be really, you know. Uh, disheartened Cleveland sports fan to look at them winning these spring training games and find something negative about it. So, you know, does it, is it portraying definite success in the regular season? Of course not. It's, it's certainly better than losing and seeing guys who are in shape and have a good attitude and, and you see the Swisher with his unfinished business t-shirts and everybody's kind of buying into that. It's, it's, a really good thing to see going on down there, especially with the pitchers. I and mean, it's a pitcher. Masterson's a guy who's going to get ready quicker than pretty much anyone else because he only really has two pitches. He throws a two-seamer <laughs> and a slider and, and can get guys out with that. So fastball command usually comes back first. That's the first thing guys start working on. And for Masterson, once he gets fastball command, he's pretty much done. He's ready for the regular season. Absolutely. He was also, you know, officially announced the opening day starter yesterday, Terry Francona. Not much of a mystery there, but go ahead and put that one to bed there. You know, something else, too, as we're talking about the pitching and that is some of the the words that came out of Terry Francona yesterday talking about Trevor Bauer and how, you know, both uh, Terry Francona and Mickey Calloway, as well as Chris Antonetti, have all talked with Trevor Bauer since his Really, a really rough uh, go of it the other day there, and uh, but a little bit telling in, in Terry's words is that you know, look, man, we're not trying to you know argue and and and, and we just want to get it right. That's the point is that we just need to get this thing right. We're not blaming. We're not. We're not doing this. We just we have to get him where we need him to be because they know the potential of what Trevor Bauer can be if he gets his head right. Oh yeah, absolutely, and. and- Trevor's a tinkerer. Trevor's always going to be a tinkerer. He, he's going to have stretches. Even in, even if he gets things right, he's going to go a game or two or a week or even a month where where things are just completely, you know, wrong and and changing things and trying to mess with stuff. Because he's, you know, the key to being a, a good major league baseball player is making adjustments. Whether you're a hitter or whether you're a pitcher, everybody's going to find success. At least when when you're that talented, you're going to put together stretches of success, but you get you have to make adjustments when the league adjusts to you. Trevor's key is going to be more of not overly adjusting and, and getting something that works and sticking with it. Even if it didn't work for two or three pitches, Trevor, he wants to change what he's doing. you got to develop that consistency. you got to get with, with what works and, and work through your problems. Sometimes the, the coaching that, they're trying to do is not going to take instant effect and, and he kind of wants to push that away and then do something different. So he's got 
stick with the, the changes that, that Mickey and, and Terry and everybody are making for him and, and kind of go forward with that. Absolutely, and that was the kind of gist of what Terry Francona said at the end of it is that, you know, you've just – He's got to continue to trust, especially in Mickey Calloway, and just continue to listen. Like he said, he said, when I hear the way uh, Mickey talks to him, if I was the pitcher he was talking to, I'd run through a wall for him. He goes, he's just got to continue oh, yeah. to to listen to him and trust him. And, you know, they've got confidence. But, you know, clearly uh, there was obviously, you know, and I mean, it's a young guy. Frustration's going to set in. But clearly there was some some unhappiness behind the scenes there with, with uh, when they had to address it publicly. And the fact that, you know, it wasn't just the coaches, but it was also Chris Antonetti that sat him down and said, hey, kid, you're our guy. You've just got to, you know, calm down and, and we'll get there, you know? Yeah, and, and contrast that to the Diamondbacks basically publicly throwing him under the bus and the manager and the catcher coming out to say what a jerk he was and how he couldn't take coaching, yelling and, and complaining about him and, and everything like that. So I, I would very much prefer the, the way the Indians are handling it. Uh, after fixing Ubaldo last year, if, if Mickey Callaway can fix Trevor Bauer this year, I think the Indians are going to lose him because they're going to send him over to the Ukraine to kind of you know, referee that, that falls on Bauer. He can fix pretty much anything in the world at this point. Absolutely. They're just sending him around. He'd be the world fixer, you know, so uh, definitely. Yeah. You know what, too? Uh, shifting away from the pitching a little bit, and I know that you and I have talked about it a bit, uh, Terry Francona continues. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The, the big question outside of who's going to make the couple of spots is, of course, third base, and that evolves situation. Terry Francona yesterday said something that I said I said this yesterday on the air when we were talking a little bit of Tribe and I just said it offhandedly that I didn't think that necessarily this was a decision they could figure out in the next two weeks, you know, and I said that's gonna this could be something that carries over into the regular season and Terry Francona literally said nearly the same thing yesterday when he said hey, opening day is not a deadline for this thing. We very well we want to have it ready for September and October. We don't care if we have it ready for April. So we very well may move our our decision into the regular season. I kind of think that that's, that's where they're at here because I don't think they want to cut. I think there's enough to it that they don't want to bail on the idea of Santana at third, but there's not enough to it to completely commit either. So they're kind of stuck in this middle no-man's land right now. Yeah, I mean, if, if in July Carlos Santana shows that he can play a major league third base, then in July he's going to start playing a major league third base. You'd like to have that sort of stuff 
ironed out and everybody knows exactly what their role is going into the season just because, you know, people are creatures of habit and ball players probably even more so. But if in May, March, and in April he's showing potential to be able to play third, but he's not in a place where you want to play him there every day yet and you want to still work with him and, and practice in between games and infield before games and things like that. But I think that's what they're going to do with them. Uh, this team has a lot of positional flexibility, and, and I'm not talking about you know Ryan Garko in the outfield flexibility. I'm talking about <laughs> Michael Bielas able to play any infield position, Santana being able to play first base and a, you know, not a great catcher, but he can catch. He can be a major league catcher. Jan Gomes, catcher first base DH. Swisher can play first base or the outfield. Brantley can play any of the outfield positions if he has to, although he's, he's certainly best and left. Ryan Rayburn has played second base before. He can come into the infield in a pinch. They have pieces who can legitimately play at positions around the diamond, and that's something that I know Terry Francona loves and, and adores, and it's something that the front office went out of their way to try to, to make sure that they could cultivate for this team. So if I had to guess right now, I would still say that, that Santana will play 30 or 40 games at third, 30 or 40 games at first, you know, catcher and DH almost splitting his time between all four of those positions. But if he proves that he can't play it, he won't. If he proves that he can, he will when he's ready. The same with, uh, you know, people, you know, when's Lindor going to come up? When is Francisco Lindor going to come up? He's going to come up when he's ready. There's no artificial timetable to say he's not on the team on April 1st, so he's not going to be on the team later in the season, or we're going to wait till after a certain date or, keep him down there until after the All-Star break. There's no reason to put some sort of artificial timetable on that. When it's ready, it's ready. If it's working, it'll work. And if it's not working, they're going to do something to fix it. Absolutely. You know, hey, okay, I've got, I wanted to shift back here. I had a couple of people hit us up and say, hey, who got sent down? So they sent 12 players down here to minor league camp. Lindor at the top of the list. They sent Lindor, Naquin, uh, Perez went down, uh, Austin Adams, Moncrief, Aguilar, TJ House, uh, Ramirez, Gonzalez, Wendell, and Walters, the list of 12 sent down. They've now got 53 up at the big league camp, 12 guys sent down, but Lindor was was the top of the list sent down. I know that probably surprises you a bit because you didn't, when you started it, you said you assumed he stayed up. Yeah, I mean, they kept him around a little bit longer last year, so I kind of assumed they would do the same thing this year. I, none of those names you read surprised me. None of those names were even in consideration to start on the opening day roster. Anybody who thought Lindor or Naquin or any of those guys could play their way onto this roster, barring a trade of, of a starter, are, are crazy. You know, all those guys are going to be in the minors. Walters and Perez were only up there as extra catchers to, to start the season. Um, Adams and House were nice extra arms to have. I think either of them can play in the major leagues this year but I didn't expect them to certainly start on the opening day roster, no matter what they did for, you know, they're pretty much known quantities at this point. The Indians know what they have in them, but they also know what they have in their major leaguers. And, and those guys weren't going to play their way onto the roster. So selfishly, I'm glad Lindor's in minor league camp this year, because last year I barely got to see him because he was with the, the big club all last year. So now this year, when I, when I get down to Goodyear, he'll be hanging around with the, the minor leaguers and I'll get to, to see him play a little bit more. So selfishly, I'm glad they did that. I'm sure everybody watching on Sports Time Ohio, hoping to see him play a, a little bit of shortstop and get a couple of bats in a game and everything are, are a little bit disappointed. But uh, yeah, none of those surprised me. And 
all of them were going to be down there at some point. It's just a matter of whether they were sent down on March 12th or March 20th. I think it goes to show, too, what we've talked about is the importance of some of these decisions left to be made. It just shows that Terry Francona and the Indians said, look, yeah, we could probably benefit. It would be cool to have him up here another week, but we've got guys. We we have two weeks, and we need to see guys. If if you're not starting with us, let's go ahead and let you continue your spring training in the minor league camp because we've got limited opportunities and we still want to get as many at-bats as we can for Frank Coor, for Elliot Johnson, for Morgan, for all of these guys so we can figure out who's starting this season with us, right? Right, and, and those are guys who have a chance to play their way onto the roster, the 24th or 25th guy, and they're also guys that the Indians don't control if they're not on the roster come opening day. All those yeah. minor leaguers, obviously, they control no matter – whether in the opening day roster, triple-A, double-A, single-A, or, or wherever they may be. So, yeah, it, it's much more valuable to get extended looks at guys like uh, Nigel Morgan, a.k.a. Tony Flush, uh, Aaron Harang, and some of those guys. If there's extra innings out there, whether they be in the regular games or B games or, or wherever they're going to get them, they'd rather them be productive, evaluative innings rather than given Lindor, who we know is awesome and who we know is going to be a big part of this club's future, an extra bat or, or four or five extra innings in the field. Hey, talk to me. Some we we've talked pitching a lot in, in these different names. You, you just brought up some of those guys we're mentioning here. Let's talk about just what you've seen limited wise, obviously from watching on television and following along. Those guys competing for that final spot: the Johnson, the Morgan, the Frank Cor. Who's who do you think has shown you the most, or who do you think has got themselves in the best position to play their way onto this team? You know, it's really tough to tell. Niger Morgan has been really good yeah, uh, after spending a year in Japan. And, you know, I didn't expect him to be a really serious contender for that spot. It's you know, The positional flexibility really calls into question of, of where they're going to carry an extra guy. Are they going to carry an extra outfielder? Is Swisher going to act like that extra outfielder? If Santana isn't one of the two catchers because he's playing third base, are they going to carry an extra catcher, a Matt trainer or somebody like that, you know, it's, it's still games are just around the corner, but it's still early in terms of roster decisions. And, and it's really going to be tough. To t- I, I still don't think that harangue or Markham or any of those guys are going to crack the fifth starter role. I still think that, that that's Carlos Grasco barring something crazy happening. And it's just tough to tell how they're going to construct the roster at this point with, with where they're going to carry that extra guy, whether it's going to be an outfielder or an extra infielder because Santana's going to be dancing back and forth or, or a third catcher. Yeah, that's that's the trick. We've been talking about it. I mean, it's which way do they go with that flexibility that they've built in there will really determine it. But you mentioned Morgan. Morgan is really – he's – just because I think I felt the same way you did. I think he might have been the one that I was uh, – I don't want to say not, just maybe the least gung-ho. I was like, well, you know, I, he's done some good stuff before, but I don't really see much there. But he has definitely uh, he's definitely come out and tried to work his way onto this team. I have been impressed by what I've seen from Morgan. Yeah, everything you hear from down there is how hard he's working, how good he's been in the clubhouse, which he's kind of gotten a, a bad reputation as a malcontent and stuff like that from his days in, in Milwaukee, having a little bit of issues in the locker room there with coaches. But – None of that has carried over to Goodyear. Certainly, he, he's been playing really hard, playing really well, and, and a guy who is in very serious 
consideration for uh, a fifth outfielder role if they end up carrying a fifth outfielder. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Those decisions continue to be made. They've started to uh, pair off the minor leaguers, so now those guys will get maybe a few Maybe a few extra at-bats here as they work their way down. Hey, last thing I want to talk to you about, and really a great job you did, I'm going to tell you once again here. For those of you that didn't check it out, they've got to go check out your stuff on the diatribe as you finished up your Indians prospect list here. And I just, again, I want to tell you, very good, detailed little bios. You did a great job breaking down the top prospects in the Indians farm system. Thanks. Uh, the, the page count actually reflected that. I was surprised at how many visits and, and reads and, and retweets and everything that, that it got. It got a, a lot of eyes on it and a lot of attention, which I'm glad because it's something I, like I told you before, I spent a lot of time on and worked really hard on. So when that many people read it and appreciate it and comment and stuff like that, it makes me feel like all that work uh, definitely paid off. And then, I mean, you see one of the guys yesterday, uh, Dorsey Paulino, hit that 410-foot double off the top of the wall. And, and to give you an idea of how old Dorsey Paulino is, he was born after the last baseball strike. He was born after the last, <laughs> after the first year of Jacobs Field. So wow. just prior to the, the 95 Indians going on their tear, Dorsey Paulino was born. I mean, and, and if that makes you feel old, you know, that's two of us. Uh, you did. I was already almost in high school at that point. So to, to think that there's guys in the pipeline like that that are, are so young and so talented that, that, you know, not everybody necessarily knows about, but hopefully if you, if you go and check out the diet track, you'll get a very good insight into what those guys are right now and what they hopefully can turn into down the road. Yeah, and we now, for the last couple of weeks, we feed all of Al's articles through our face. So if you subscribe to us on Facebook, if you're on our Facebook fan page, uh, every time Al puts an article out, it automatically gets fed through our stuff as well. So uh, that's where, and we've heard from people that said, hey, man, this this is good stuff. But you, you just made me feel incredibly old. Not only you, uh, my man Vince McKee, he's got the Jacobs Field book coming out here that he's been working on. And I'll tell you, you guys making me feel old because I remember that first and second season there, 94, 94. I remember taking the RTA bus downtown. You just randomly decide, you know what? Well, until tickets got really hard to get. But you could just randomly decide on, hey, man, it's Tuesday night. I'm going to go down to the Jake and go check out some baseball, man. And, and man, my summers were spent in those uh, in those first couple of years just hanging out down there like a bleacher bum, man. Now I feel old. They've changed the oh, game. Yeah. Everything's I mean, different now. I still remember Wayne Kirby's walk-off uh, mm. to win the first game in, in the Jake. and. And yeah, Paulino was still, I think, like eight months away from being born at that point. I'll tell you, man, the picture right up above where I'm staring at it right now, the picture right up above my desk, I've got one of those landmark photos of Jacobs Field, and you look up on the actual scoreboard, it's Manny Ramirez is up at the plates, and it's the, it's 94, it's the Indians, and the the Indians, I don't even, uh, I can't look up at and here and see, but it's got like the lineup. You got Lofton, you know, you've got Kirby, you've got Esposino in there. It's, it's, it's just hilarious to look up at it. I love it. I see this every day, uh, you know, but uh, man, it's crazy. It's been 20 years since that place opened, man. It just, it seems yeah. like yesterday, you know, and it still looks yeah, like it did when it opened. It's in great shape. Oh, it really is. And, and people, you know, friends of mine outside of the Indians fan circle always say, you know, Jacobs Field, and most of them still call it the Jake, too, it is a great place to watch a baseball game. 
it's one, still one of the, the best fields in baseball. It doesn't have the Yankee, new Yankee Stadium amenities necessarily, but, but I don't think we want that either. It, it's, it's a great place to watch a baseball game, and so many of my childhood memories are, are defined from there. I, I still, anytime I want to remember something that happened to me when I was younger, I, I relate, okay, let's see. That must have been 1997 because it was the year that Dave Justice and Marquise Grissom were on the team. Manny Ramirez got picked off first base in Baltimore in the playoffs, and then they won the game when Omar missed the sacrifice bunt, or, or Grissom missed the sacrifice bunt, and Omar scored. So, yeah, that, that, that's how I will probably relate to my youth my entire life. And, and I'll tell you, my man. I'm the I'm I'm right there with you, Marquise Grissom. There's a name in Cleveland. If you were an Indians fan at that time, you know who he was. Even if even oh, yeah. if you wouldn't for any other reason, man. I remember when he came in, he was the stopgap replacement there for Kenny. When Lofton. they traded Lofton. Like, yep. No, no. What did we do? But you know what? Marquise Grissom came up in the clutch. You know, so and, and then Lofton came right back. And everything came right out back. pretty well in that case. Yeah. <laughs> you got that right, man. I'll tell you. Oh man, we could go on and on about those days. And I was yes, going to say this, this could be like a five day conversation if we. <laughs> I know. I had to cut the it. Nineties Indians. I had to cut it, but I do. It's still the Jake to me too. I just I don't call it progressive field, man. I just I just can't. It's just not in my head to call it that. And I know some people go, Oh man, you you're crazy. The name changed. No, no, it really didn't, man. It's still Jacob's field, man. They just sold the name to progressive, that's all. Exactly. <laughs> Al Jim McKellar from the Diet Tribe, the Cleveland fan. Thanks so much for being with us. He's with us every Wednesday here at 1230 and talking some Indians baseball. Al, you have a great week. Enjoy some more spring training baseball, and you're getting ready to head down there yourself, and I look forward to I am. So uh, a week from today, we'll, it, it, we're flying down. So I will get there just in time to uh, give you a call from the 80-plus degree Goodyear field. Oh, man, I'm, I'm going to hate you next week, you know? All right, man. It's all good. Hopefully we'll be out of Vortex 37 by then. Al Chimichella, check him out on Twitter, at GoTribe31, and, of course, his articles feed right through all of our stuff on Facebook as well. Al, you have a great week. Have a safe flight, and we will catch up with you next Wednesday live from Goodyear. Sounds good, Jared. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. He's Al Chimichella. I'm J-Rock. This is a break. Don't go anywhere when we come back. Dan Wismar from the Cleveland Fan. He's going to be with us on the other side of the break live here on the Sports Fix. The Sports Fix, your choice for intelligent talk. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. That was great. Intelligent talk. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. These guys must be on the wrong station. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get them away. Hey, boo. Boo. The Sports Fix. I'll tell you what, whether you just started listening to the show today or you've been listening since the beginning of the Sports Fix, you know that our thing is how proud we are to be from Cleveland, to be in Cleveland, and to get the opportunity to broadcast and represent Cleveland to the world live right here on the Sports Fix each and every weekday. Well, I'll tell you what, that same sentence could just replace the word Sports Fix with our friends GV Art and Design and have the same statement because GV Artwork, you guys have seen their stuff all over town, makers of some of 
the best Cleveland sports apparel you'll ever see. Unique, original designs. Fantastic. They say Cleveland that I love, and then they put it on their chest, and they put it on your chest, too. Don't forget, we tell you all the time, use the sales code FIX. Any purchase you make with GVArtwork.com, you'll save 10% on your total purchase just for letting them know that you heard about it right here on the Sports Fix. So whether you check them out, GVArtwork.com, or check out the brand-new store in Lakewood on Detroit Avenue, they are fantastic people with a fantastic product. Cleveland, that we all can love. GV Art and Design. It's not just a shirt. It's a statement. It's the Sports Fix. We'll be right back. No football? No problem at Harry Buffalo North Olmstead. From their awesome wing Mondays to every single Cavaliers and Buckeye Hoops games in full HD. Kyrie's supposed to D, goes inside, teardrops it all right down Euclid. That's way up in there for two. The excitement never stops. Every day of the week brings a different set of food and amazing drink specials. And now fans. Harry Buffalo North Olmstead is the home for every UFC pay-per-view live on the big screens. Let's get it all! And let's not forget their mouth-watering trademark, the Bison Burger. They sure are good. Nobody does bison like Harry Buffalo. The perfect combination of healthy and delicious. Hey there, eat up, y'all. Use this good church-going folk. Y'all deserve a little treat. What are you waiting for? Get to Harry Buffalo, just outside Great Northern Mall today. Harry Buffalo. Buffalo. Join the herd. Join the herd. Sports Fix listeners, like us on Facebook today. Facebook.com slash the Sports Fix. I've been a pro wrestler my whole life, so championship belts have always kind of been a way of life to me. But did you know title belts are quickly becoming the fastest rising and the most popular new way for people to celebrate all kinds of things you never would have thought of before? We use it for our fantasy football league. It's a really cool conversation piece. Office pools, employee of the month, you name it. There's tons of different trophies that you used to buy plaques for. Well, I'm here to tell you about Pro-Am Championship Belts, who have the highest quality championship belt with the lowest price. Replace those old trophies with stock belts on hand that they can customize for as low as $30. Any occasion, celebrations, awards, championships, fantasy leagues, gifts, plus wrestling, mixed martial arts, boxing. If you need championship belts, check them out. Pro-Am Championship Belts, ProAmBelts.com. Look them up on Facebook, Pro-Am Belts. Trust me, nothing says cool like doing the discount double check with a real championship belt. Just ask Aaron Rodgers. Now you two can have one thanks to a Hoan championship belts. Hey, you guys are rocking with Reggie Germany, former wide receiver of the Buffalo Bills and Ohio State Buckeye. You're rocking with the Sports Fix. Welcome back to the Sports Fix Live here on the SportsFix.net and on Spreaker and Mixler and TuneIn and all of their radio apps and on digital delay 24-7 on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud. Hour 2 is underway. J-Rock with you as we keep it rolling. We're going to go to the phone lines in just a second. My man Dan Wismar from the Cleveland fam. I want to go back in the first hour, of course. Thank Alch and McKellar for joining us. As always, a great little tribe conversation there. I love, uh, I love... 
I love having all the different people, even when we talk about similar topics. I just like having all the different trains of thoughts on because they're not all the same. And Mike Brandenberry doesn't always think the same as Al or the same as Dan, the same as Jeff Gorman. I really like that. Kind of fosters a a uh, unique uh, conversation, one where not everybody thinks the same thing. I know some people don't like to have those kind of conversations where everybody doesn't agree with everything, but I think that's what it's all about. So keep the conversation going with us. We want to hear from you and add your opinion to that. Facebook.com slash the sports fix. Tweet with us at the sports fix CLE or email us the sports fix at AOL.com. I'm getting ready to go back to the phone lines in just a second here. Talk to my man, Dan Wismar. I got a comment here during the break uh, early. Well, you know what? I'll get back to that a little bit later. Talking some more about uh, Brown's free agency. Tim Phillips says uh, he, he's fired up about Ben Tate being in town and, and perhaps working with Shanahan in that uh, blocking scheme there, running-wise. And you know what? We'll talk more. Tim, thanks for the comment. But we're going to keep it on baseball right now. And we're going to go to the phone lines, although I am going to ask Dan. His thoughts here on what the Browns have done. But let's go back to the phones. Dan Wismar from the Cleveland Fan. Dan, how you doing this afternoon? Doing great, J-Rock. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, obviously, lots of Browns news. And Drive is uh, playing well. we got the Big Ten tournament starting tomorrow. And uh, so, yeah, a lot of things, a lot of things to talk about. Yeah, I was getting ready to uh, hit on all of those with you here. First thing, while we're on baseball, I didn't get to this while Al and I were just talking, which is the good thing about kind of carrying that segment over into you. Uh, one of the, the the names that the that had been bandied about here throughout the, the lead up to spring training for the Indians comes off the board, and he's one of those few remaining big ticket free agents out there. Irvin Santana goes to the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta is definitely trying to beef up for a run. Yeah, I was a little surprised to see that uh, because everybody sort of had him penciled in a lot. A lot of people were thinking Orioles again uh, with all the uh, all the aggressiveness that they've been showing this off season. Uh, but yeah, Atlanta obviously uh, need had some holes in their uh, their rotation and, and uh, needed a needed a quick fix. Uh, it's a one year deal, is it not? It's yeah, one year, fourteen million dollars. Uh, I believe fourteen point one million to be exact. Yeah, that's uh, you know. It seems like for the last couple of weeks, uh, it's almost been a foregone conclusion that the Indians were going to, uh, you know, dance with the girl they brought and uh, and stick with what they've had. You know, after the Obaldo uh, signing, <clears throat> I think pretty much everybody realized that uh, you know we're going to go with with what we've got. They like their young starters, and uh, uh, so far in spring training, they're not exactly panicking about their situation. Yeah, you know, and the Braves, they they were, I think. I mean, they've got a lot of injury issues there with their pitching rotation, and some of the guys that are healthy have had rough beginnings of their spring training there, Garcia and some of the other guys. So that was kind of a much-needed bolstering of their starting rotation, I think, for the Braves to go out there and snatch up Santana. Right, and and, uh, the Indians uh, showing what their, their plan is. They apparently weren't really that aggressive about Santana. I think they don't even think they were really that aggressive about him and that. So uh, they, they're, you know, the, the die is cast there, and uh, we're going with what we got. And, and uh, I think it would be a big surprise. There's really not that many people left out there on the open market, so I no. know of. No, I think there's only uh, one or two qualifying offer free agents left out there. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with you, and I, I'm, I'm fine with that. The more I see 
the development of things. I mean, the, the, the only thing I worry about would be if a wave of injuries or issues would hit your pitching all at the same time. Because other than that, as we've talked about, man, I mean, I really like the, the depth that we seem to see, even if the pieces that they pick right away aren't right. I believe the pieces are there is what I'm saying. It, they may not put them all together right at first, but I believe the right pieces, the right combination is in the mix of what we've got, if that makes sense. Yeah, I would agree. And there's obviously a couple of wild cards. Uh, tribe fans with the rose-colored glasses on are anticipating you know, a progression, uh, an improvement uh, with some of the starters that did so well sort of out of the blue last year. I'm talking about double-digit win seasons from McAllister and Kluber. Those guys, we, we expect, okay, you know, we're sort of penciling those guys in for, you know, 10 to 15 wins. And, and uh, you know, if, if either one of those guys, McAllister or Kluber, or even throw in Danny Salazar if he struggles uh, and, and doesn't perform exactly like you think he, he's going to or you hope he's going to, then that really throws a monkey wrench into things. If we, if we can't uh, expect double-digit wins again from McAllister and Kluber, those two guys, the consistency and the sort of the development and ongoing improvement of those two guys, which we obviously hope we'll see. Uh, you know, we've both been around baseball long enough to know that you, you can't you can't write it down in uh, in ink. you got to, when you say pencil it in, there's a reason for that because uh, so many things can happen. But I think those two guys, McAllister and Kluber, are really huge keys for this team uh, for this season. Yeah, and again, it's spring training. Corey Kluber really looking nice with what I've seen from him. And I'm telling you, as much as Al, previous segment, as much as Al thinks it's going to Carlos Carrasco, man, I'm telling you, you're gonna have to, uh, you're gonna have to take Josh Tomlin off the mound with a leash because he's fighting like a dog for that fifth playoff spot, man. And I'm pulling for him. I'm pulling. You know what? Speaking of pulling, he's not here in Cleveland anymore. This was something else I wanted to bring up while we're talking about guys fighting for their spring training and their their baseball lives. Grady Sizemore, Cleveland, I mean, obviously he was here for a long time, still very popular with a lot of people. The guy, he's a guy that when when fans come to me and they say derogatory things about Grady Sizemore, I instantly have no interest in hearing that because Grady Sizemore, to me, epitomizes everything that's right about what you want in the athletes that play for your teams and in your towns, as far as he was broken down by trying to be the best that he could be by running through walls, by hurting himself through his style of play. And it always amazes me that those are the ones that fans like to take the easy pot shots at. Like, like he didn't get, like he got hurt on the couch playing PlayStation all the time. Like he didn't get hurt running through the walls in the outfield. You know what I'm saying? And it always bugged me when guys would, would get on Grady for being a bust. And I'm like, no, he's a guy who played too hard. To be honest, if he didn't, if he had that relaxing gear that some of your favorite stars have, then maybe he would have got a few more years out of his talent. Cause Grady Sizemore was a very nice guy, a great guy and a good ball player. But I mean, his body betrayed him over and over. The stories coming out of Boston though, that not only may he be on the brink of making that team, but he, he may be doing more than that. He is really impressing John Farrell and, and what he's done so far there in spring training. Yeah. God bless him. I, I'm with you. Uh, I, uh, what, what so many people forget about is that Sizemore uh, had a, was the Iron Man of the Indians lineup. He went three seasons, and I, I, I'm saying this off the top of my head, but I think I'm right about this. Sizemore played 158 games or more, or something like that, for three seasons in a row. 
I mean, uh, he, he played more games, I believe, than any other major leaguer for during a, a three-season stretch where he was in one season he played all 162 games, and, and the seasons on either side of that, I think he had 158, 159, something like that. It was He, he was never out of the lineup. So people that remember him as being sort of habitually injured don't remember those years when he, he was an automatic fixture in that lineup every single day for, for multiple seasons on end. So mm-hmm. it's it's a bad rap, first of all, and and uh, you know people remember that you know he signed for five million bucks and then sat on the bench and didn't play at all uh, his last season here, or hardly played. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to see him make the starting lineup in Boston. I, I think it's great. I'm happy for him. Um, and uh, you know, I, I saw some guy saying last night, you know, on, on Twitter, I think it was, I'm not surprised to see Sizemore uh, make the starting lineup for Boston in April. I'll be surprised if he's still in the starting lineup for Boston in May. And that's kind of the attitude people have. There's the expectation yeah. uh, that even if he's starting now, that uh, it won't be for long because Grady Sizemore, he'll get hurt. You know, obviously, I hope he's wrong, and uh, ho- hopefully uh, Grady can succeed, except when uh, Boston's playing Cleveland. And, you know, I- I'm with you, too. I mean, I think, though, I mean, just for even people that say that, you're not giving him credit because – this is a guy who was out of the game. I mean, he literally had to take, what, a year and a half off to heal his body up and just get himself complete. Because he, he didn't just sit out that entire season with the Indians, but he didn't do anything last year, right? Am I Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, that's so that's practically two, yeah, practically two whole seasons to get himself back together. And I just think it's impressive that not only does he have a chance to make the team, but they're talking about him being the starting center fielder there. And I'm just like, man, talk about resurrecting your career from the dead. This was a guy who was assumed that his career may just be over. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, like I said, I couldn't be happier for him. Uh, I hope he can hope he can hang in there. And also, not only do people forget that he was you know, an iron man and reliable and in the lineup every single day, but they also forget that for quite a stretch there for a couple of seasons, he was one of the best offensive players in baseball. He was he was looked at, at by everybody as, you know, the next big thing, and, and, it, and it wasn't just on, on wishes and hopes. He, well, I think he won the Silver Slugger Award the one year. He had 27 home runs and, you yeah. know, scored over 100 runs. I mean, this is a guy that was productive as well as being reliable. Uh, and it is sort of ironic, I think, that, that this Iron Man guy that, that put together three back-to-back seasons of uh, of being in line of 160 games a year uh, has a, has a rap for being injury prone. Yeah, and again, and it, and then not just that too. Like I said, the other one is the fact of how it became, how it got done. He's not a guy suspected of you know juicing up and breaking down. You know, at the in the after he got off and all, he's just a guy who ran too hard and too fast and dove into things that he had no business diving into. And and you know, it was just one thing after another. So as same, I'm I'm in the same camp as you, man. I wish him nothing but the best, and and I hope he's out there in April, and I hope he's out there in May too, just to stick it to the snarkers on Twitter. Cause Lord knows they're not my favorite people sometimes either. So there you go. Hey, you know what talking, uh, let, let's shift away a little bit just cause while I've got you on the phone here, what are your thoughts here? Obviously a big first day of free agency around the NFL and, and as the Browns dove in with both feet this time, something that they don't always do uh, is act quickly on the first day of free agency there. What are your thoughts about the, first couple of moves that they made and and being you know a season ticket holder in and out with the team each season what are your thoughts on the replacements basically you replaced you know Jackson and Ward with Whitner and Dansby what are your thoughts there on what they did in day one 
Well, I'm, I'm real happy with the Dansby move. I, uh, a lot of people were concerned or, or criticizing the Browns for getting older. Okay, um, and, and yeah, they did get older. They replaced a DeQuell with a Dansby and, and, and uh, an award with a Whitner. Uh, first of all, I don't think you can look at it as sort of replacements. People say, you know, they, you know, for what they paid for Dansby, they could have kept DeQuell. Well, they had a chance to keep DeQuell, and they declined yeah. to do that. Um, you know, they obviously made a decision on, on personnel and on talent uh, and on value uh, that they felt that if they were going to have to pay DeQuell $9 million, that uh, DeQuell wasn't worth $9 million. And so, uh, yeah, they go out and they pay, and they may guarantee Dansby 10 or $12 million, and I don't know what those numbers are, but it seemed like it was it was four years, 24, am I right? So about a $6 million a year guy. Yeah, that's um, so, exactly So they didn't pay more for Dansby than they would have had to pay for DeQuell, at least for 2014. And, um, you know, as, as far as the fact that the Browns got older through these you know, trade-offs, I don't think is a bad thing. Uh, the Browns were no. one of the youngest teams in football. They, when, when you look at the, them picking up, uh, you know, seven draft choices in the first four rounds, now they're going to get nothing but younger after the draft in terms of average age per player where they were already near the bottom of the league in, in average age. Um, you know, I don't, think, I don't think there's anything wrong with adding veteran players to this team. I don't think there's anything wrong with having some guys with a little bit of you know, gray around the temples. Uh, I don't have a problem with that at all. Um, I'm not nearly as excited about the Whitner uh, pick as I am about the Dansby pick, uh, you know, pick up. I, I, uh, you know, I think Whitner maybe has, has lost a little bit. Uh, you know, he is, I think, probably uh, toward the downside of his career. And, and it's great to see a Glenville kid, an Ohio State kid, uh, you know, come back and play at home. And I'm happy for him. And and he'll be able to probably, you know, he'll be kids living the dream to put on a Browns uniform as strange as that sounds. But uh, he's uh, he's a local local guy, and and I think it's great that the uh, that the Browns picked him up just for that reason alone. But uh, and I'm not a, you know, I didn't think we all should pay uh, T.J. Ward, you know, double digit million dollars either. So, uh, but uh, I, I guess on balance, I'd say I'm very pleased with the with the Dansby pickup, and and maybe uh, happy for Whitner, but not quite as convinced that we've upgraded our team in that regard. Well, I do. I really do believe that. He, and I've looked up some metrics that kind of prove this out for last season specifically. He is better in coverage than TJ Ward was TJ Ward known prim- primarily as a run stopper. Whitner known sure. as a run stopper too. He's just, I think he's slightly better in coverage. I think that's, but I do think that Ward is younger and maybe a little bit even of a harder hitter perhaps. So, you know, I'm with you there. Now here's the thing though. This was something, Oh, was it John McMullen? I think got to this last week, right before when we were previewing free agency here. And he talked about, uh, and TJ Ward's a great example of this, how look at, uh, Look at the dollar amounts that were being bandied about when we were talking about keeping TJ Ward here in Cleveland. And you were talking about being in the seven, eight, nine million dollar a year range, somewhere in there. And then he goes to Denver for five point five million a year. Now I will give you he clearly took a less than he could have got on the open market because Denver said, Hey, look, we've got $20 million to split between three guys that we're looking to get. You can be a part of this or you can not be a part of this. And and that makes that decision a little easier to make. But, you know, you look at the difference. It, sometimes it's like a, a tech bubble. When a guy stays on the same team for a long period of time, that number continues to inflate 
but it wouldn't necessarily be that same number out on the open market. Now, and I'm really curious to hear once, you know, a month or two from now when free agency calms down, I'd like to find out exactly how much of that was TJ Ward sacrificing or how much of that was the market that was out there because 5.5 million is a big difference than what was expected at least to stay in Cleveland. I mean, it was it was seven, eight, nine million dollars was the number somewhere in that area that he was looking to get to stay in Cleveland. So uh, that that's a big difference there, you know. But you know what? It also shows too the difference in the market value, minus the Cleveland premium, of course, in uh, somebody with a little better coverage skills because the NFL being a passing league as it is, you know, obviously run stopping less appreciated by some front offices than others. That's true, and I guess uh, you also have to look at it in the in the overall safety marketplace. Now, I, you may have these numbers in front of you, and I remember hearing them yesterday, but I can't recall. The uh, the Saints package for Jarius Burt, uh, yeah. six years, uh, six years, 40-something. I, I can't recall exactly what that was. Uh, I don't know if you have it at hand, but uh, that yeah. really, you know, he was several levels above any, any of the other safeties on the market. Uh, and I'm not sure what he got, but I think it was something in the $8 million range, seven, yeah, eight million six per years, year. Six years, $54 million, 28 guaranteed for Jarris Bird with the yeah, New so, Orleans so Saints. Average nine, average $9 million. That's where yeah. the blue chip safety market is. And, and who knows how many uh, offers, uh, in, I never believe how many teams are involved, that the agents float these numbers out there. But I, I kind of doubt that... Um, the TJ Ward left a lot of money on the table to go to Denver. Uh, I would I would question how many teams offered TJ Ward six million or better per year to come play for him uh, at safety. So maybe you know that's the kind of stuff you probably will never find out. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe there was a you know maybe he took a little bit of a discount to play for a team that's going to be the Super Bowl favorite uh, you know next fall. But uh, you know maybe uh, maybe we'll find some of those things out eventually. Yeah, and I'm with you there too, but it just goes to show and, and and you know what? That if that's the case and there wasn't a lot of money left on the table on that one, you have to give the Browns credit for making the right decisions because clearly, you know, whether for most people, the worst that they'll say about Whitner is that it's a, a wash. Most people, the worst they'll go is that it's kind of a wash for Ward. There's not really a difference. I do think it's a slight upgrade if if the only difference being you know the age issue of a little bit there, but uh, and it's not that's not huge either. You're talking about less than two years, and so yeah. you know the other from, thing. The other thing, Jerry, that, that I think is confusing the whole thing. Everybody's sitting back now and saying, "Well, if they were going to pay a safety this many millions of dollars, right. then they could have kept, then they should have kept T.J. Ward." Well, no, you know, they T.J. Ward was going to make you know eight million or something just based on the tags and the and the the. the levels that the NFL sets for, for players like that. And, uh, you know, once you made the decision not to pay him that bonus or not to tag him and pay him eight, nine million, then you don't have an option any longer of keeping TJ Ward. If TJ mm-hmm. Ward doesn't want to sign with you, he's not going to sign with you. Uh, and, uh, so it's not as if they had this coin they were flipping and say, well, do we want Dante Whitner or do we want TJ Ward? It never came to that. It never, no, that's that's a false choice that you're that you're throwing out there. It didn't happen that way. So I just I, I get frustrated when when fans like you know, say, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna pay that, you know, you you, you traded away a TJ Ward for a Dante Whitmer. Well, no, you didn't. That's not the way it worked. 
And I, I agree with you there too. Absolutely. You know? And so, you know, you've got those two pieces there and I like Dansby too. I definitely think that, uh, I like him coming in. I like, again, I like Dequell. I said this at the beginning of the show. I said, they're both veteran leaders there in the locker room with a lot of respect and some, but sometimes, especially when you're mired in an era of this, where it just never got beyond four five, six wins tops, you have to change the voice, even if you really love the guy that's delivering the message and the message that he's delivering. It's still coming from a guy who year after year has been a part of this same four, five, and six win franchise. I just think that I can understand it from that perspective, even if you're not looking at upgrade as far as on the football field. So, you know, as much as you hate to see, you know, a guy walk again, people forget that that wasn't just the Browns decision, by the way, both of those guys, you know, clearly made decisions that they thought that they could make more money. And I think that Dequel Jackson turned out to be happy with his situation. I think Ward's going to be happy with where he's at. He's teamed back up with pops Adams out there in Denver, and he's got a legitimate shot at going to the playoffs and competing for a Super Bowl. But financially, I think he found the market wasn't there that he thought it was. And I'm curious how that's working out for Alex Mack as well as, of course, we heard that the Browns yesterday, while they were doing their free agency rush, sent a three-year contract proposal over to his agent. I don't have numbers. I don't know how much it is. But they are attempting to forget this whole transition thing and just get something locked up with uh, Alex Mack, but he now has the transition tag and a offer from the Browns, either one of which he could go forward with next year. I mean, if I was putting a percentage for people that are still worried, I'd go 97% that Alex Mack is going nowhere. And number, number two, I don't think the market that his agent expected is necessarily developing out there like he thought it was. I don't know if they thought that there were a lot of clubs and I know that a couple of teams made moves yesterday that took them out of the out of the the running. I know Baltimore was a like place the Ravens, was, yeah. Sure. Yeah, thought to have some interest in him there, but still, I don't know that there was a lot of teams looking to to lay down, you know, 30, 40, 50 million dollars on a center there in the first day. I I just think that they thought the market was going to be a lot bigger for Alex Mack. Well, I, and the thing that was troubling to me was when we got the word from the agent Denhoff, uh, where he said, uh, "Well, I think I'll be able to craft a package that the Browns won't be able to match." That that is a message that says, "Hey, my guy doesn't want to be here anymore, and I'm going to do whatever I can to get him out of here." I think shortly after that statement came out, there was another statement from the the agent slash player yeah. saying, "Hey, I never said I didn't <laughs> want to be here." Yep. You know, and maybe maybe that's when the uh, three year offer landed on their on their desk. Who knows? But. Uh, that was a comment from the agent that, that bothered me. That uh, you know, hey, we're gonna we're gonna do whatever we can to get a poison pill drafted here. But I think other NFL and, and you heard it as soon as they put the transition tag on Mac. Other teams don't like to negotiate against the transition tag. A, they don't like it to be done to them, and uh, they feel as if it's a waste of their time. Uh, especially uh, when the signals being sent by the Browns front office is, hey, we're gonna we're gonna match whatever offer he, yep. he you know he gets. So, uh, yeah, the agent can get crafty and can, can uh, try to put a poison pill package together if the player is desperate to get out of town. Uh, I thought it was interesting how they followed up that statement with a very quick release saying, hey, I, very you know, quick. I never said I, I wanted to get out of Cleveland. Very quick. We talked about that on the air yesterday, how, boom, here it comes. Very short time later. I never said I wanted to leave Cleveland because he realized really quickly that, 
most likely he's at least playing next season here in Cleveland. And you, you don't want to, you, you do have to be politically smart about things, you know, because you do still have a, a job to go to, you know, I mean, as, as much as, as people don't look at it that way, when they, you know, they see these dollar amounts in free agency at the end of the day, that's still your employer. And you do still have to maintain some type of, of a, of a, of a relationship there, but yeah, you're right, man. Very funny too, how quickly they turn that thing around. We'll see. We'll see. And, and again, we'll, we'll see how that whole thing plays out, but I don't, I'm very, I'm uh, very happy to hear the Ben Tate's in town. I, that's I like where I was him. Going I, next. You know, I, I think your, your running back situation looks a whole lot better. If it's Ben Tate and Edwin Baker and, uh, Deion Lewis, than it is if you're sitting there with Edwin Baker and Deion Lewis, neither of which is, you know, they're both shy at 200 pounds. So, you know, it, uh, Ben Tate, obviously a big back. If you add him to the stable, then uh, then you can draft, then you can maybe wait till fourth or fifth round and maybe try to get lucky with another running back or two uh, as opposed to needing to spend a, uh, uh, you know, a second or third round pick on a running back. So, you know, they may do that anyway, but uh, Ben Tate takes a lot of that weight off of you, you know, that pressure off of you in the draft if you can get him uh, signed to a contract today. Yeah, I was going to ask you what your thoughts were on that. I mean, you've got some injury concerns. I mean, you know, he's definitely got some durability issues there. Last season, he had the ribs. It was he, he missed uh, four games in 2012, missed a game in 11. Obviously, 2010 had some injury issues. But, you know, you worry about the, the miles on the tank, but he's only got five years in the business. You know what I mean? So he's definitely still got some fresh legs. I would I he's somebody that I think with the with the blocking scheme and the rushing attack that the Shanahan's like to utilize, I think he fits in nice. I would like to see I don't want to see him go ridiculous. Not that it's I always say it's not my money, so I don't care how much they spend on these guys, but you don't want to see him set a, a crazy ridiculous precedent with how high they go and the fact that he came here first Maybe that's a scheduling thing, but usually guys go to the place that they're interested in first because if they can get it done, then they save themselves a trip anywhere else and they can just, you know, move on without having to take the rest of the trip. And the fact that he got snowed in here, maybe that works out to our favor too because I know his next destination was Detroit. He had a visit scheduled with the Lions as well. But, you know, I mean, I think like you said, I like the him, Baker, Deion Lewis. I, I like that group there at running back, and that would be a, a one more keyhole addressed here. But the, the difference that I'm noticing, and tell me if you don't feel this way through one day of free agency, it just seems like the Browns are much more interested in addressing needs in free agency than they've been in the past. Like, they've dipped in a little bit. Last year, they, they went out and got a couple of defensive guys, but they weren't they didn't seem like the same type of reach that the team was looking to make here or is looking to make this year. You hear them in the mix trying to trade for Revis. You hear them bringing in Ben Tate. They're they're signing Whitner and Dansby. They're talking to a, a lot of uh, the fish that they're targeting are a bit higher than the normal uh, modus operandi for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, that's true. And, and of course, the banner uh, uh, regime wasn't interested in signing anybody that was uh, north of 30 years old. Uh, and uh, and they ended up signing, you know, sure, they went out last year and they got Kruger and they got Bryant. Uh, yeah. But then there was a whole slew of the of the lesser lights, the Dimitri Pattersons of the world and people like that that they brought in, which were virtually unknown free agents before that, I guess sort of in the in the mode of uh, Arthur Motes and, and, and guys like yeah. that, but and the, the true font, the corner they signed. But So uh, I think they're going a little bit higher profile this year and, it's also uh, indicative of the fact that they intend to 
load up on uh, on skill position talent in the in the draft on offense. Uh, I still think you'll see them drafting linebackers. I think they're still even with Dansby and Moats. I think they're still thin at inside linebacker when you talk about what's what else is on the roster with the, the Tank Carters and the somebody named Eubanks and, yeah. and uh, you know uh, Robertson <laughs> and undrafted free agent there. So they. they even with the two signees, they still need some uh, some inside linebacking talent because Petten supposedly likes to use you know rotation of five or six guys there. So uh, we'll we'll have to see how that works out, and then I'm sure they'll probably draft a uh, a linebacker or two, or a corner or two, or safety or two somewhere in the draft. But uh, seems like they're they're gearing up to go uh, offense, offense, offense at about the you know with the, at four and twenty six and thirty five. Yeah, I think so too. I I think and I and I think we saw we said what they did here in free agency would kind of give you some clues pretending ahead forward to where they may go in the draft there with that and that that number 4 pick especially because as much as it's and I'm on the Sammy Watkins train. I'm still not off of it, but man, you know, uh yeah, we I was John McMullen the other day, he was like, "Man, I'm telling you," he said the uh Khalil Mack, he said, if he's there at four, the Browns are insane to go past him. He goes, that is legit one of the top four players at the top of this draft. And I'm like, man, I mean, I'm, and he has flown. You and I talked about him uh, ten months ago when he showed up right. on the map there against Ohio State. But he has just flown up the draft board to where I'm telling you, I think he goes in the top, somewhere between the top four to eight picks in the draft. There's no way he gets past number eight. What do you think? Oh, I totally agree. Uh, he is an elite player. In fact, I think you can look at you know Watkins and him and and maybe Greg Robinson and uh, uh, you know really very few other players that you could really maybe maybe Matthews, Matthews? Uh, yeah that that are that are really considered elite ball players. I think you know that you still have to look at. I mean, in in this passing league, uh, quarterbacks, of course, the passer, but. You know the most valuable players on any franchise are the passer, the guys that protect the passer and tackle, and the guys that rush the passer. And uh, that's why the Greg Robinson and Jake Matthews and Khalil Max are right there with the quarterbacks. It's all about that passing game, protecting for it, and uh, and and uh, taking down that quarterback. And Mac, I think, is has potential to be a, a an elite pass rusher in the NFL. Yeah, and I mean, as we know, man, you can have good coverage linebackers, you can have cornerbacks, you can have all of that, man, but if the quarterback's got 30 minutes to sit back and pass the ball, your defense is never going to work, and no matter what the the scheme was last year about the aggressiveness, it would never truly was aggressive because it never had that bite to get to the – it could get there at times, but it never had that consistent – bite nor did they have that guy or those two guys that you've got to constantly keep your eye on and as much as you know the reason I brought up Mac is because as much as I want them you know to focus on some good young skill position players in the draft I think man look at the pieces you got and then add another motor at linebacker like that and all of a sudden You've got a defense that you can set loose on people, and for once, you've actually got two or three different positions where they don't know where the big pressure is coming from. Because it could be coming from Mingo's yeah. side, it could be coming from, you know, Dansby could be blitzing, it could be coming from obviously Khalil Mack. I mean, there's a lot, and then you've got your front. I just think that all of a sudden you got real bite to the pass rush on that defense, and like you said, that's the key: is how quick you can get to the quarterback and get them off of their route. Yeah, two, two keys for me on the defense. You need to still uh, add another corner, and that's why obviously the yeah. Revis talk is so uh, 
so enticing. Hey, but, since you're uh, there, hang if on. You, if you look you. at the guys that they have rushing the passer, Mingo, Kruger, Shirt, add Mac to that, and then you couple that with the guys you have in the middle with Phil Taylor and Billy yeah. Wynn and Hughes and those guys and Dansby, uh, and a new head coach whose defense led the league in sacks a year ago. Yeah. That's, that's, that's sexy. You know, you gotta love that. And, uh, so if you add Mac to that group, that would be, ex- that would be very exciting to me as a, as a fan. Uh, the other idea then, if you're gonna do that, you, you need another corner. If you could somehow pull out a, you know, in, at either 26 or 35, if you could draft a corner, a la Dark Wisdenard or, uh, or the kid from Oregon or, or, or one of these guys, or maybe a Roby, uh, at 35, something like that. They yeah. give you another blue chip corner, uh, for that defense, boy, you really have a, a scary defense, especially when you consider that Petten is a is a, is a solid defensive mind, and he's all about getting after the quarterback. Right, absolutely, too. You know, and and, and I'm really I, I I'm interested, fascinated to see what uh, they do defensively with Mingo. You know, because you know, he, they did a very good job with you know some of the guys that they worked with there in Buffalo. Whether you're talking rookies, whether you're talking about veterans, but yeah, you add some bite to that defense, and I'm right there with you. And I'm how you brought up Revis. I was going to interrupt you there and and ask you your thoughts because I didn't. What do you think about him? Because I do believe that he's definitely. You know, not the Revis Island that his reputation would lead you to believe from a couple of years ago. But he's still very good. But he's also very expensive. What are your thoughts? Do you think the Browns are are going reaching too far in being involved in that conversation? Should they look for a cornerback here in free agency or in the draft and and build that way? What are your thoughts on Darrell Revis and what's left in the tank with him? Uh, I don't think, uh, you know, I, I'd love to see Darrell Rivas on my team for 2014 because because he's, you know, one of the top five cornerbacks in the NFL. I do think he's too expensive. Uh, the idea that, uh, you know, the only reason you're going to trade for him, and I wouldn't trade more than a fourth-round draft pick for him, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're not going to, the last thing you want to do is, is, you know, deplete your draft choices at the high end uh, for anyone uh, at this point. Um uh, I, I'm not in the camp that, that uh, craves Darrell Rivas. I, uh, you know, the knees bother me. You know, you've had knee surgery. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, have to come out and. Uh, you know, basically, what I'm looking at it is, you're only looking at Darrell Rivas for one year, if you trade for him. And and uh, so I don't want to do that. Uh, you know, that's uh, they're certainly in win now mode, Jerry. Don't you think? I mean, uh, that's what yeah. that's what. Oh, yeah. Getting a getting a thirty two year old Dansby means to me, and what a, and, a, and a veteran like Whitner that means. You know, hey, they fired the last guy in twelve months. So, you know, we got to win soon, uh, and, and that's fine. Uh, a fan like me and and you, uh, we can appreciate a coaching staff with a sense of urgency for heaven's sake. But uh, you know, I'm I'm not in the camp that thinks that Darrell Rivas is going to be here long term. That he would sign a long term deal to be here. He's got a track record as a as a habitual malcontent. And a guy who always thinks he's worth just a few million dollars more than he's actually worth. So I, I'm just not so sure I want to go there, uh, least of all for one year, to take a big cap hit, uh, and then have some disappointment when he decides he wants to go play in California. So, um, you know, not not in the camp that they're really crazy. I'd just as soon uh, use one of our first three or four picks on a uh, on a young corner that we can groom. And, and I think our cornerback situation is not as bad as some people think it is opposite Joe Hayden. I'm a Buster Screen fan for one. Yeah, I'd rather have him covering the slot receiver. But, uh, you know, who knows what McFadden will turn out to be. Uh, 
uh, I, you know, you're going to clearly draft a corner and probably a safety somewhere anyway. So uh, I hope that tells you. I'm just, uh, I'm not convinced that Revis is uh, worth $16 million uh, bottom line for one season. Yeah, and I hear you there. That was the and the last I heard, the Browns were willing to pay him upwards of twelve million a season if he was willing to come down to that. So I don't know. Four o'clock today, if they haven't worked out a trade, then Tampa Bay is going to cut him loose. So he'll be on the free market. I know the Browns will talk to him, but if he wasn't willing to negotiate uh, anything in a trade as far as bringing his salary down, why in the world would anybody think he would cut it down? to be on the free market and to go to Cleveland, just being honest. Like I thought that well, if right. they yeah. were he, get he him, may take less than he may take twelve million or less to go play in the NFL next year, but it's not going to be on the North Coast. Not here. No, absolutely. And that was my thought too, is that, you know, the only way if you were going after him, the only way you were going to get him is to trade for him. And it would, you know, it would be a, because the one good thing about his contract is that he has zero guaranteed money built into the entire contract. So, you're not on the hook for anything except his roster bonus, $1.5 million every uh, every March or whatever. And I believe he's got a $1.5 million workout bonus uh, built in for the next couple of seasons as well. So, And I, I said it yesterday. I said, man, this would be a one, two-year thing tops where you get him to come in and see if you, you know, if you can. Because like you said, they're going all in. But I do like the idea. There's If you were going to go in free agency, I mean, you spend a, a whole hell of a lot less and you get a guy like Munnerlin out of, out of Carolina. So I mean, there's there's guys out there that, that are young. I mean, Captain Munnerlin's, what, 26, 25, 26 years old. So you can draft. There's a lot of guys, as you mentioned there. So there are. But I like them being, as you said, the sense of urgency, being in the conversation. Because as I said right before we got you on the air here, is that for Browns fans, that's a good thing because they're they're obviously not interested in putting the fans through another two or three year rebuild. And you can look at it that way, or you can say they're also not sure that they'll be here to put anybody through a rebuild on the back end of it. So that urgency is there. Whether it's good long term, I don't know. But right now, we've had fifteen years of bad long term. So I'll take good short term right now. I'll take that right now while we're working on the long term. You know what I mean? Because nobody is trying to sit through two or three more years of it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Yeah, be patient. As Butch Davis always used to say, we're, we're making strides. Well, we're tired of making strides. Yep, that's <laughs> so, it. Yeah, we I'm, want to I'm all, for the, I'm all for the short-term fix, but, again, you've got to have a guy. And, and you know, in Reeves' defense, he did make the Pro Bowl last year, had a bounce-back season, had a really good season, was yep. relatively healthy. Uh, and uh, but still, uh, he got a cornerback in the NFL that's had a knee surgery. Uh, <laughs> it's a rough game. I, I just it's hard to envision him, uh, you know, staying healthy at sixteen million bucks, and you'd hate to have him sitting on your bench for for that much money. Absolutely. And Vashon in the chat room brought up the other point with that, which is what I brought up about Akeem Tlaib earlier with that fifty-seven million dollar deal he signed over there in Denver. Is you're already talking about extending Joe Hayden before you get yourself into any kind of a last year situation with him. And that market's going up even more. The last thing the Browns front office needs to do is put $16 million on the field next to Joe Hayden and have him looking at that going, well, so you're willing to pay $16 million for a cornerback, huh? Well, how about the guy who's been here his whole career? And then that just opens up a whole other can of worms that the team I know has no interest in dealing with. Yeah, that's true. And the sooner uh, you know the uh, 
for, for the fans sitting here like you and me, you know, we're sign Masterson, sign Hayden. We don't care what else you do in the meantime. Get those two things done. <laughs> I'm with you there, my man, too. Hey, you know what? One other thing as we wrap things up, since I'm not going to get a chance to talk to you before it, tomorrow Big Ten tournament kicks off for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And as I said, I don't have the exact year in front of me, but I know it's been a while. Maybe you know. How long has it been since the Buckeyes have played in the opening round game? Because the top four seeds get the bye through the first round. How long has it been since the Bucks have played in round one of the Big Ten tournament? It's been a while. It's been a few you years know, at least. I, it has been a while. I'm not sure. I know that the Buckeyes have won three of the last four of them. Uh, and, and they certainly haven't been in the first round in, I'd say, no. at least the last five years. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. It's been a while. Uh, they they play Michigan at their play uh, Purdue rather Purdue. at uh, yeah. two th- two thirty tomorrow, and and then if they win that game against the worst team in the Big Ten, uh, they've got Nebraska at two thirty Friday afternoon. So, uh, and the winner of that game will play Michigan. And what are your thoughts here? Because uh, by the time we talk, I mean they'll have worked their way through that tournament. How do you look at the uh, bracket breaking? Boy, down I, I, I got to believe it would be a huge embarrassment to lose to Purdue. So I'm I'm, I'm kind of giving them a pass through this game tomorrow. Uh, Nebraska will be interesting. They're uh, they're the surprise team in the the conference, if not the country, uh, this year. Nobody had them uh, having a winning record in the Big Ten, let alone eleven and seven, and. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. They don't play quite as well on neutral floor as they do at home, uh, uh, but that'll be a that'll be a big time game. Either, either way, uh, you know, it would not surprise me to see the Buckers make it to the final uh, because I don't think, uh, you know, obviously the Michigan game, if they if we can project them out to the third game of the tournament, uh, would, would be a tough game. But uh, you, know, you win that game, you're in the final on Sunday, and uh, I see him I see him getting past uh, Purdue and Nebraska. Uh, I not gonna not gonna predict what's gonna happen against the Wolverines if it gets that far. But uh, if you're going into the tournament at uh, 25 and nine, uh, you know you're looking pretty good for a maybe maybe a six seed. And I'll tell you what, a couple of storylines built in if they get through. I'm assuming they get through Purdue as well. Nebraska's that team that took advantage of the slide down the final two and a half, three weeks or whatever of the Big Ten schedule and slid into that four spot, made you play that extra game. So then, of course, Michigan, you need no you need no motivation there when it comes to Ohio State, Michigan, whether it's basketball or football. So I'm with you. I, I see them. I think they get at least to the semis, and I do believe that they can beat Michigan. So I can see them making a run to the finals here of the Big Ten tournament. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say, well, they're not going to beat you know Michigan State or Wisconsin when they have. So you can't just sit there and say, well, they're not. So them winning the tournament, not out of the equation, but uh, it, it'll take a run for them, that's for sure, over the next four days. Yeah, it would be great to see that, and and uh, they've obviously had good success, uh, you know, on that floor up there in the Big Ten tournament, and yeah. uh, you know, like I said, Mono won three of the last four times. So uh, th- this is a little bit of a unique season, but uh, yeah, it'd be great to see him get on a run and, and get the momentum going at the right time. There it is, and by the time you come back, we'll have we'll have the whole thing because all you know, championship weeks in the home stretch here. Speaking of, I think. of the field has already kind of punched their ticket. A lot of the smaller teams and and the Horizon League, by the way, Cleveland State, I hope you can hear my words right now. Coach Waters not happy looking at Milwaukee coming out of the Horizon League. They beat Wright State the other day. That tournament was built 
for Cleveland State right now should be looking at an automatic bid in the NCAA tournament. Instead, Milwaukee took advantage. Wright State upset the Vikings. Milwaukee upset Green Bay and then beat Wright State in the finals last night. So Milwaukee's punched their ticket. You've got Mercer, Coastal Carolina, Delaware, Milwaukee, Harvard, the Crimson, the Jaspers of Manhattan, the Wichita State Shockers, 34-0 heading into the tournament. Mount St. Mary, Eastern Kentucky, Wolford, North Dakota State, and Gonzaga, the Bulldogs, making their 17th NCAA tournament appearance, the most of all the teams that have clinched so far. So nearly 20% of the field already set. By the time you and I talk, we will know who is in. And Hey, are you a bracket guy? Do you like to fill out the brackets, by the way? Oh, sure. I give it my shot. I'm going to try to win that billion dollars this year. You know, I, Oh, yeah. I no, for no other reason, I think we all ought to fill out a sheet or two for that, right? Oh, I'm definitely going for Warren Buffett's money, most definitely. But you need to fill out one with us, too. We're doing our own little March Madness tournament here on the Sports Fix. We've got it set up through the tournament challenge on ESPN to make it really easy. Uh, Our group name is the Sports Fix. And this isn't just for Dan. This is for all of you listening out there. We've got a cool Cleveland Sports prize pack going to the winner. There will be a GV Artwork t-shirt in there, a copy of... Cleveland's Finest by Vince McKee, a couple of other surprises in there, but all you do is you go into the ESPN Tournament Challenge, you go into our group, the Sports Fix, and you enter your bracket. Fill it out and enter it into our group, and you'll be in too, and uh, it'd be cool to have you a part of it, Dan, but we're going to do a little challenge there, have a little prize pack at the end. You won't be eligible, unfortunately, for the for the prize pack, but you can still go hey, for the that's bragging all right. rights. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely jump in there and fill one out for you. Absolutely. It'll be a lot of fun. It's always fun. I like it, man. You know, I love the office pools. I'm one of those guys. I used to always be the guy setting up the office pool, setting up the brackets, collecting everybody. Hey, you owe me some money. You owe us some No, we want it before the tournament. If you don't get it before the tournament, you're never going to get that $10, $20. You're never going to get it from them if you wait until after the tournament. Those are things you learn when you run the March Madness Right, or even if you even wait till after the first weekend, a lot of guys are going to be hiding from you. That's it. You got to give us your money or your bracket doesn't count. Uh Uh-uh. No, no, no. I've chased down guys for six months over 25 bucks before, man. Like, come on, man. It's the new basketball season already. You still owe us from last year, you know? So there we go. It'll be a good time. It's free to enter. Check it out. ESPN.com. Go to the tournament challenge. Look for the Sports Fix group. It's really easy. And just enter your bracket there, and you're in. It's that simple. So, Dan... Looking forward, Monday, you and I will have the bracket in front of us, and we'll look ahead to some March Madness and whatever else is happening over the weekend. That sounds good. You got time for a quick trivia? I absolutely do, Dan. Go for it. Okay, great. Only one father-son duo has ever been the captain uh, of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Who were those two guys? A father-son uh, duo, the only, the only father-son that were ever the captains of the Ohio State football team. Uh, who uh, who was that father-son duo? That's my trivia for today. Dan Wismar's trivia question. The Ohio State Buckeyes football team, the only father-son combination to both be captains of the Ohio State football team. Is that right? That is it. That's it. Get to going. Let, and, let, her, let her rip, guys. I know sometimes Bruce drops out when I say Ohio State trivia. <laughs> but, uh, He's you know, like, maybe, I don't maybe don't it. hang in with us today and, and you know, at least get on Google or something. Let's see what you guys got. Go to work on that. Ohio State Buckeyes football. One father-son duo have both been captains of the Buckeyes football team. Name them for us. We'll have the answer when we come back from the break. Dan, you have a great weekend. Enjoy some championship week, some Indians baseball and all of that. And 
We will talk on Monday. Okay, catch up to you next week, Jerry. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, you too. He's Dan Wismar from the Cleveland Fan. He's with us on Mondays and Wednesdays right here exclusively on the Sports Fix. Always a great time. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, Cavs, crucial West Coast trip. It starts tonight. We'll talk about it, preview it, and wrap things up next here on the Sports Fix. Sports Fix. A shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man who does not exist. The Sports Fix. The young loner on a crusade to champion the cause of the innocent, the helpless, the powerless, in a world of criminals who operate above the law. The Fix is in. The Sports Fix will be right back. As we head into this break, I just want to remind you the Sports Fix, proud to be partners with Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck, 5715 Canal Road, just under the 480 Bridge in Valley View, Ohio. Bill Hershey and Bill Opelich, I tell you about them each and every day. They'll take care of you. Number one, huge Cleveland sports fans, but they're good people, hardworking people, trustworthy people. I don't just come on here. I tell you this all the time. I don't just come on here and talk about places and people that want to buy advertising on the show. I talk about people and products that I believe in, and Quick Lane at Valley Ford truck is one of those places whether you've got a truck car van commercial vehicle big or small it doesn't matter they'll fix them all they're the home of the low price tire guarantee find a matching set of tires cheaper anywhere else and they'll match the price guaranteed no questions asked no matter what it is hey and they understand in 2013 that there's transportation issues people need to get to school to work to daycare all those things need to get done and the car needs to get fixed and they'll figure out a way to make that happen for you check them out quicklane.com slash valley truck and find out that life really is better in the quick lane hi this is patrick borlo from cleveland lakery monsters and you're listening to the sports fix no football? No problem at Harry Buffalo North Olmstead. From their awesome wing Mondays to every single Cavaliers and Buckeye Hoops games in full HD, the excitement never stops. Every day of the week brings a different set of food and amazing drink specials. Fight fans, Harry Buffalo North Olmstead is the home for every UFC pay-per-view live on the big screens. And let's not forget their mouth-watering trademark, the Bison Burger. Nobody does bison like Harry Buffalo. The perfect combination of healthy and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get to Harry Buffalo, just outside Great Northern Mall today. Harry Buffalo, Harry Buffalo. Join, the herd. join the herd. The Sports Fix is now available every day on the world's largest internet radio service, iHeartRadio. Download the free iHeartRadio app, subscribe to the show, and, and get, get your fix. At the corner of Carnegie and Ontario, it's basketball time at the Q. Have you gotten your copy of Cleveland's Finest yet? Highlighting the best moments, players, and media members in Cleveland sports history? In-depth, personal interviews with some of the top names in Cleveland sports fill the pages of this incredible book. Joe Fred McLeod. Hector Marinero. Discussing the most intimate and sometimes controversial details of the largest moments in our town's sports history. The Indians have won the divisional title. A perfect game for Len Barker. What a win for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Their first time in the playoffs. It's the first book written from the players' point of view, with the media that covered it and the fans that watched. Finally, the true stories are told. From a miracle in Richfield to the NBA Finals. From a perfect game to a World Series one pitch from victory. 
a Wildcat High School dynasty to the golden days of the Browns, Barons, and Crunch. This book will change the way the entire sports nation looks at Cleveland. Cleveland, you will have an October to remember. Cleveland's Finest by Vince McKee is this year's must-have book for every Cleveland sports fan. Available now at Amazon.com. Today. Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck, home of the low price tire guarantee. Quicklane.com slash Valley Ford Truck. Welcome back to the Sports Fix. Locked and loaded like a night train, baby, here on the sportsfix.net. Little Guns N' Roses taking us out here today. Welcome back, J-Rock, with you as we wrap things up here. <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers, they're not wrapping up well. They may be wrapping things up here. They may be wrapping things up here, uh, depending on how this, this next stretch of games goes. As they head out to the West Coast, they have got uh, their backs against the wall. We've said that for a while, but now the uh, the odds just get steeper against you as you look at the teams that they have to play. Not just the three games on the road trip here coming up, but the next three after that when they come back home. This is the position they've put themselves in, and this is crucial. And unfortunately, you have your crucial stretch where you have to win games against teams that are much more difficult to beat. It starts tonight, West Coast basketball. Late night for you guys that stay up late here on the East Coast. 10 p.m. tip-off our time. U.S. Airways Arena in Phoenix. The Suns and the Cavs. The Suns 22-12 and 12 at home. 36-27 and 27 overall. Cavaliers 24-40. and 9-23 and 23 on the road. Cavs, and as we said the other day, they're going to be one less body uh, in the mix as they're missing out on Anthony Bennett. He'll be gone for the next three weeks. So, you know, just another thing that, that you add to the things you've got to deal with here. Uh, Kyrie Irving expected to play. He was sick the other day, missed practice. Uh, you still got the situation going on with C.J. Miles. Uh, he is expected to come back on this trip. But I don't know if it's going to be tonight is the night that they get him back. But sometime on this trip, it's thought that CJ will be able to get back out there on the court with the Cavaliers. And, and they need everybody that they can at this point. The Cavs are, you know, trying to avoid the final fade out here down the stretch. So we'll see. It's going to be uh, it's going to, Eric Bledsoe back for the Suns. That's not good for the Cavaliers as well here. They uh. Three and three without him when he went out, and they they definitely uh, are a different team when he's playing and when he's not playing. So that's another piece that's going to be out there against the Cavaliers. Hey, look, man, backs against the wall is the best you can put it. But here's something in the Cavaliers' favor: Phoenix has uh, defensively they've been very terrible the last uh, nine or ten games. Opponents shooting fifty three percent in the last nine games against Phoenix. They're giving up a hundred and twelve points a game in that run. So offensively, the Cavs should have some ability to get out and run. They should have some ability to get some clean looks. If they're hitting their shots, the Cavs can win this game tonight. The Cavs can beat Phoenix uh, if they're if they're hitting their shots because the opportunities are going to be out there. Phoenix comes into the game. Cavaliers giving up 97 points a game. Phoenix giving up a buck five. So defensively, Cavaliers much stronger, as you would expect from a, from a team coached primarily defensively there. Uh, the Cavaliers looking to looking to continue to 
keep themselves in the equation. That's the word I've been using for so long. I mean, after last weekend, I thought for sure going 0-2, two home games, well, not two home excuse me, Charlotte, and then coming home with Z and the Knicks, but two winnable games against the teams you're competing with. You go 0-2, and you're in the same place that you were on Monday, that you were on Friday, but that's not going to be the case anymore. You've got Phoenix, Golden State, and the Clippers all on the road this week. Then you come back next week, you got a murderer's row, Miami, OKC, and Houston before you finally get some clearing in the woods there and you've got the Knicks and the uh, Pistons and you got the Nets and, and a couple of those teams there coming out of that stretch. So 10 p.m. tonight, Kyrie Irving, if he's back to full health, that's going to be important. He was, like I said, he missed practice out with an illness here earlier this week. Monday he was out. Cavaliers. Phoenix, 10 p.m. Then they've got tomorrow off. They've got Golden State on Friday with a 10.30 tip-off, and they wrap it up Sunday, 9.30 p.m. That'll be on NBA TV, that one, as they've got the uh, the clip show out there. Lob City, the Los Angeles Clippers. So tough run for the Cavs. It starts tonight. We'll see. Uh, I don't know. I look forward to watching that. I love late night. I talk about it all the time. Love late night basketball, late night football. Love those West Coast trips. I just like an excuse to sit up and and watch some late night live hoops, you know? So that'll be fun, and we'll come back. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Championship week is going on around all the different conferences. Big Ten kicks off tomorrow, but a lot of the other ones getting at it tonight. So if college hoops is your thing, there's some great games to get into tonight. Obviously, the Cavaliers, the Indians, as they do every day, there's another game on tap. Tribe getting at it here this afternoon. There's a lot of things going on, and come back here tomorrow and talk to us about it. That's what I want you to do. It's been a great show today, guys, as we're wrapping things up. I want to thank each and every one of you for being with us. I want to thank Al Chemichella from the Diet Tribe and Dan Wismar from the Cleveland Fan for talking Indians, Browns, a little bit of everything. We, we kind of do the whole thing. Little Buckeyes talk there tomorrow. We look forward to being here my man, Mike Brandenberry from DidTheTribeWinLastNight.com. Mike will be with us on the show. We're going to talk Cavaliers. We'll talk about what happens tonight. I mean, I really hope we're talking about a Cavaliers victory starting off this trip because you can't get any more behind the eight ball than you are. But we'll see. We'll talk about it. Either way, we're on that tomorrow. We'll see what's the latest with the Indians, the latest championship week updates. As I said, Mike Brandenberry will be here with his spring training talk. All of that, your take and comments and so much more, plus the up-to-the-minute latest on NFL free agency. Whatever the Browns do overnight, we'll be breaking it down here tomorrow. Whatever else happens around the league, because it's not just Cleveland. The shape of the NFL for next year is being being moved around here right now. I mean, of the top 50 free agents, I mean, nearly half of them have already, you know, begun the process of transitioning to other places. So we'll talk about all of that tomorrow and anything else you want to, too. So come back here, same bat time, same bat channel. Where else? You know what that means. That means live at noon right here on the Sports Fix and all the different platforms. However you listen to the show Come back and join us here tomorrow. We love you, Cleveland. Whatever you're doing tonight, do me a favor. Have fun doing it. Have a great time and love what you do. We love what we do, and we love talking about you, talking about it with you. So come back here tomorrow, guys. Love you. We'll see you live, noon, right here on the Sports Fix and the sportsfix.net. We love you, Cleveland. We'll see you tomorrow.
bonus quadruple loople overtime here real quick i wanted to tell you guys that uh, demarcus ware did sign with the denver broncos three-year deal but dan wismar's trivia question i completely forgot so since the music's still playing i'll pop the mic back on and tell you dan wismar asked you guys who were the only father-son combination to both be captains of the ohio state football team at some point in their lives the answer were the Herb Streets, Jim in 1960 and Kirk in 1992. Herbie, baby. The Herb Streets, Jim and Kirk, were the father-son combo, the only father-son combo in Buckeyes history to both be captains of the Ohio State Buckeyes football team. So there you go. And with that, I really am out of here this time. I love you, Cleveland. I'll see you tomorrow. Cleveland.